Welcome to Real Gym Radio. I'm Daniel Wu, your host, and so happy to be with us for this episode. This is a continuation of the longest-running series that Real Gym Radio has, and that is the Over Under podcast series with Arturo Galetti. We begin with the Western Conference, in part because of the uncertainty with Damian Lillard. It felt more time-sensitive. We explain why they kind of matter, and have an, the Portland Trailblazers have an unusual place in this series. Lots of great detail here beyond just over, under, and then we call it bet or fade for each team, which we'll explain the details there. Also pertinent division, conference championship, NBA finals, number one seed, rookie of the year, MVP, dashes of coach of the year and defensive player of the year for all of the pertinent teams. Episode is brought to you by FanDuel. You can new customers can get two hundred dollars in bonus bets guaranteed if you place a five dollar bet. FanDuel.com slash Boston. I'll talk more about that, of course, later on. Episode is, as these always are, a wonderful behemoth over two hours, as I believe it should end up being. And I hope you enjoy it. Thanks so much for coming on. Pleasure to be on. Uh, this is our ninth year. This is our ninth year, and I think we were, we were talking about this beforehand. And both Danny and I, for bets, are around sixty percent over the course of those nine years. I'm a little bit lower than Danny, but I'm also a little more aggressive. So, like overall, like we essentially, your fault if if you trace tracking us on wins, it, it's, it's it's a good it's a good shout out for uh, <laughs> over time. I think uh, I've, it's like I'm seventy nine fifty, he's sixty one thirty seven for everything. I'm one hundred thirty three and one hundred five, and he's one hundred twenty nine at, at 110 right this is for like every pick so even if you just track for everything we typically do very well uh after a few years that we did not do that that well uh i think and we were talking about this but a lot of that was like you know variable schedules covid like are they playing at home are we playing with empty crowds last year was a a good return to form uh very good results across the board uh and i think in part and we'll talk about that a little bit but in part it's also because kind of i i i kind of grabbed the bull by the horns and did a full-on model because the models we've been using before have both gone on to greener patches. Great models, great people uh, who obviously got nice jobs at, at different with different teams or different places. Um, so, so do you want to walk people through what we're using now? Yes, yes, and I want to kind of plug out like the people who kind of helped on this. So. The way it's currently, I've got it currently set up uh, over the last two years is I am, uh, this year I'm using Kevin Pelton's minutes. He kindly provided those. He just published them last week. Uh, I'm using uh, Hashtag Basketball also publishes uh, minutes. These are really, if you look, the only two public minute projections that are out there. I'm using Estimated Plus Minus uh, EPM. That is from Dunks and Threes. Uh, The author of that also gave his blessing for us to use that. I'm using Rabum. Uh, I'm using uh, Darko. Again, also gotten the blessing on using Darko. And then I'm using my own internal metrics. And so what I do is two minutes projections, four uh, statistical uh, models. I take them. I generate eight models. I plot out the best one, the worst one, and use that to kind of get a baseline for where each team is. And based on that, we kind of look at it. And so, you know, if if all eight of the models think the team is going to go over, then the model's recommending it over, basically. Uh, and there's some, like, leeway on that. But, like, essentially, like, if all the models strongly feel that, like, a team is over or under, then that is recommended. Like, there's going to be some more borderline things. Like, I use, for example, the Celtics. The Celtics, uh, whereas the models kind of think they're going to go over, it's close enough to that, that like, basically a model is saying that line is pretty good. Right. So because that, then it's like, okay, well, bet the over, but like, don't actually bet it if you're like, it's not a really good value bet at that number. Right. That's yeah. And 
as a piece of terminology, you just kind of went through it, but just to bear repeating. So you and I are going to pick two different things for each team on this. Yes. One is the over or the under. We will pick that for every team. And then bet or fade. So bet, the way I like to think about it is, is confident, it's like a confidence interval. So it's just like the more confident ones, you say bet. The less confident ones, you do fade. And you'll hear me a fair amount say there are some where I'm more confident in the fade. And what that means is I think it's a well-set line. And if it's a well-set line, then you probably don't want to go on either side. But there could be some interesting wagering that you can do for those players or teams on the, you know, like individual awards, MVP, Rookie of the Year, or division conference odds, title odds, depending on the circumstances. There's a couple like really all, all other things that we'll mention. Like I, uh, I I did some shopping around to find what the best lines were on both sides because there's some variation on 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 the over number and the under number. It's generally a good idea to look for like if you're betting the over, look for the lowest over you can bet or like the the highest under. Um, and I kind of did that as of this morning. Um, we also kind of went. I went through the drafts, so we got an idea of teams like own their picks and might be tanking or might not be tanking. Um, and also kind of like um, we'll talk. I, I'll mention this like rookie minutes. Right, the more rookie minutes a team has historically, that is kind of a lot more variability and kind of you know, it, it, old, younger teams generally tend to be worse than like older teams because again, this is kind of the way the NBA kind of works. So these are things we'll mention. As we go along, I think another thing I'll kind of like point out is like if a team like what I call the mean regression, you say, hey, if a team won 44 games. We typically there's a baseline projection, which is like, oh, regressing to the mean. And then what's the difference from that? Are we expecting them to be way better than that or way worse than that? Well, you know, well, well, why did something change? And I think that's something that we'll kind of mention as we go along. And I think those are kind of baseline things. And, and a couple, I'll, mention, I'll mention a couple other things that I did in prep. So I, I looked at, this is probably close to your mean regression, Clean the Glass has a stat, which is basically the net, so they, they do a version of net rating that takes out garbage time. And then you can throw, basically you could toss that into an estimated win. So basically that's what you did relative to expectation. And oftentimes this is how a team performs in close games. So if you're a big outlier, you won way more, way fewer games generally you expect that to regress the mean clutch performance isn't something that has consistently conveyed year to year there are some narrow exceptions to that then the other two things that i wrote in my notes are if a team was unusually lucky or unlucky in terms of opponent shooting from three and so that's you know like they're only the extremes i didn't do it for everybody and then i did a really rough look at you know looked at basketball reference and was a team unusually healthy or unhealthy because a part part of what you're looking at is what is the relevance of the sample and so if it's a team like the pelicans where a lot of their best players were hurt a lot of the year then then we're probably then saying oh they won you know the pelicans last year they won 42 games, well, maybe that's a little less relevant. And if a team was extraordinarily healthy, Sacramento was very healthy last year, though Sabonis was playing through a thumb injury, then you factor that in as well. Because generally speaking, even though I like to think that young teams are healthier than older teams in general, I don't that's think, right. I think that you're generally the, the mean is the mean in terms of that. So if you were unusually healthy or unusually unhealthy, the hope is that you'll get back there. There's, and, and, and this is me, and you can, you can feel free to this about, but one thing we kind of pay attention to with older teams is older teams are generally healthier for the playoffs. 
playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that is because there are some restrictions that kind of go away when you get to the playoffs, so it's easier for somebody who's like who's got you know less cartilage on his knee to like maybe like get a shot of cortisone and actually be able to like jump a little bit for a couple weeks. And that's not something you can necessarily do during the season. So younger teams do tend to have like better health, and older teams tend to actually play up during the playoffs historically. This is just kind of the thing of the way things go. Uh, one thing I will mention is like I did look also at like uh, win over under totals for the last decade. Uh, typical error on wins is about like 8.4 wins, and I use that to do like a same that I'll refer to when we talk about like division and title odds. So effectively, I just took the projections, plugged it into a model, and said like, here's what I here's what the error should be, right? I said, oh, hey, here's what the spread should be, and it gives me an idea, kind of like you know, if we're talking about say the Spurs, I'm like, oh, they, they don't really have a chance to win the division. Like historically, like it doesn't look like there's any chance of them doing anything. But that's something I kind of did as a reference point, and I'll and I'll refer to that, right? So in essence. I said, hey, here's how it's looked over the last decade. Uh, And based on the predictions I'm seeing, this is kind of what that implies. And and then the other part of that that you have in here is like how the team has performed over the last 10 years relative to their over-under total, which is a really good calibrator for the teams that sometimes get a little bit of a bump or a little bit of a, a degrade. And so that could be, you know, because remember Vegas is your Los Angeles Lakers. They yeah. are. They are among those. They've gone. They've gone under eight of the last 10 years. The only two times then they've gone over by a by a win and a half twice. Wow. In the last 10 years. And the fun bit on that is that effectively you're um, they've gone over and both those times you probably could have gotten a good enough line that you could have won it. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. You could have either pushed or or won it outright if you went to the right book, right? So I'm using consensus lines for that as a reference, but remember what I said, shop around. Yeah. You can generally you, – you, like on some teams who are public, Knicks, Lakers, you can generally get a more favorable line if you're like – you know if you're looking for the Lakers, probably you can get a more favorable line out of Vegas. If you're looking for an, a Knicks line, you're probably going to get a more favorable line out of New York or New Jersey, right, or – Jersey, right? FanDuel Casino in Jersey. Like, let's promo. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but, but that's just a general tip for like when you're doing this kind of thing. The only other thing I'll mention at the outset, both the reason we're doing the West, but we're not starting with this team, is that there is one team who does not have number over under numbers on the board. We will still discuss them, but that that rationale and that team affects so much stuff that we've bounced around between whether we start with the West or the East, but it made a lot of sense to start with the yeah. West this year. I think we if we didn't then we'd spend fifteen teams in the East kind of like alluding to it. And it's just but we're just better off. Let's just start with that and and and, and explain it. Um but I think like we're gonna start with uh the San Antonio Spurs and the number one pick in the draft. Yes we will. And so San Antonio last year they won twenty two games. They actually had the differential of a 19-win team. They did have some guys that missed time. Deliberately and non-deliberately, Devin Vassell missed a bunch of the year with a genuine injury, but they did take their foot off the accelerator. But Vegas is on the momentum train for Victor Wembanyama and the San Antonio Spurs because they won 22 games last year. I mentioned their differential was worse than that. And if you want, you basically, you can say 30 is the line because if you want to go over, you can get it at 30. And if you want to go under, you can get it at 30. Yeah, I think the trick on this is uh, um, at 29 and a half and 30 and a half. And I, the trick for this is because of the play-in game and because of some other factors, um, the, the, it, it's, the spread is of the over-unders is a little bit tighter than it used to be. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get like these supremely low lines anymore because 
effectively, like the games, the league has done a really good job at making games more competitive, more interesting. Um, one factor to consider too is, you know, they're going to have that playing tournament in the middle of the season, and I do think that, like, you know, that that'll lead to more competitive games, right? Um, you know, it, it's a kind of a feel good thing. Maybe you make a run at it. So there, there is some, there is a possibility on that. Like you're not getting that big of a benefit for tanking, even though I have San Antonio kind of down as a team that could possibly tank. I think, let's see, I've got their picks in front of me. Um, San Antonio owns their own pick. Uh, and they've got, uh, they've got a Charlotte, uh, incoming and a possible Toronto incoming, right? So they, I mean, they're, they're in there. I mean, I think that's also, they're a young team, but they're not a super young team. So they're not like they're not one of these. I mean, they're running about ten percent rookies, but that's not necessarily like top, top, top end. Um, and again, typically San Antonio plays. You know, we we call it like professional professional basketball is kind of a way to kind of like look at it. So system wise, they're going to play like solid. Um, you know, I don't know. Like, so right now our projection for that team is about twenty-two and a half, right? And I've got like all the models have them going under that thirty and a half number. It, it's it's because it's thirty and a half that I'm probably talking myself into the under under with this team. I am as well. And the Spurs it's a, it's are. A big, it's a big number. It's a big number. Like that, I I thought it was going to be a harder call, but sometimes that happens. There is optimism about Wembenyama, and there is a pathway for them to go over. If if Wembenyama is a game changer defensively immediately, and the Spurs also have a bunch of you know reasonably talented players, both the younger guys like Helen Johnson and Devin Vassell. They have Greg Popovich as their coach, of course, but also they brought in in as a part of these trades, they brought in guys like Reggie Bullock and. And uh, Jetty Osman and all those guys, I, but I don't think San Antonio is done. I mean, oh no, oh like I, I don't know how much those veterans are going to play for them. I think one of the stories with the with them this year is going to be something similar to what the Jazz intended to do last year, which is you rehab the value of some of the guys you acquired, then you trade them again. Uh, you know what? They, they they're a team that low key, given the assets that they have around, they might be in play for the player we're going to discuss in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> if because if he you, wanted it, to be there, sure. Well, uh, we can t- we're going to talk about that because I think that there that, that might not actually come into play on that one because of the uh, the contract. But I think like the trick on this team is there are a bunch of professional bas- there there's a bunch of guys on this team uh, you know outside of Victor obviously, but there's a bunch of guys on these team on this team that I could see like three or four years down the line being like the sixth or seventh guy on a really good team does that make sense it does and uh, sohan and i i'm a big fan of Devin vassell vassell kelton johnson I, I, oh kelton and kelton johnson's a guy who's useful too like kelton yeah. johnson i could totally see coming off the bench for like the warriors like or like i don't know or like just 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 guys that are like again this is his first thing guys that are used to basketball player but like again 30 and a half is a big number and if you look at the west up and down right just just look at that west up and down somebody has to lose these fucking games sorry pardon my french but somebody has to lose these games right but so effectively i mean i can't see another way i think mean, i'm gonna have to say under and i'm gonna have to say bet on this thing, yeah right? it, it, because again unless unless basel or sorry unless victor is i think victor's gonna be decent and fun i don't know he isn't tim duncan right he i don't think he's coming in yeah i mean he's also much younger than duncan was when he came into the league so i don't think he's gonna be one of, he's not gonna immediately make a difference right i i Can agree we, like i think there's a chance that Wembenyama is one of the better rookies we've seen recently. There's a chance, but he, as you mentioned, he's younger. And is he going to be as good as Paolo? I I think he will be. Yes, um, but it's going to be different. And, and the other part to remember is San Antonio last year. 
they had Jakobertel for half the year. Not that it was the best Jakobertel season. They were the words the league's worst defense last year. So the idea that they were like oh severely under talented for the whole year. I mean they had some of they had Josh Richardson for half the year. They had a number of different guys who like contributed a little bit for them, kind of veteran style. So I agree with you. I'm under bet. I think that the there is a pathway, and I would love for there are certain ways that I would love for the Spurs to go over here. I think that you know if it's the young guys carrying them, that would be fantastic. But the other piece of this, because the total is so high, is that you get into this idea of gravity. I talk about this a fair amount every year, which is that if a team is in this range, so let's say the Spurs are on 32 win pace. 32 win pace is probably not enough to make noise in the Western Conference with where we think things are going. And so generally that means that a team like that will be a seller at the deadline and then will, even if the the league is putting in more requirements, that will that will be more judicious with their best players. And so even if San Antonio is a little better than I think they are, this should that would bring them down a little bit. So I'm under bet. Yeah, that's I, that's the other point. It's like I think that like the league rules that make the games more competitive and make these teams try harder, make me look at the West and go, you know, there's, you know, are are, are these guys? There's they're they're the worst team in the West, right? Uh, even I mean, obviously we, we we're going to talk about like the, the the one possible where it's not, but even in that case, if that team want, if, if that team makes a move, then I think that team's actually better than San Antonio. So I mean, I think and and a lot of these teams are going to be competing for. I mean, hell, maybe they want to get into the play-in. So I think, what's the number going to be for the for the tenth slot in the West? But, you know, maybe it's like thirty-five, and a bunch of these teams are going to be competitive because you know it, every like it's a pretty loaded like it's it's a pretty loaded league at this point, and I think San Antonio. At this point, doesn't have they have a guy who could maybe be a one, but they don't really have a two or a three, right? right. If you know what I mean. Like, so it's like I'm looking at it and go like they have a bunch of guys who could be decent four, fives, or sixes, but no. And what I mean by that is like you know think about a playoff team or a championship team. You got a one, you got a two, you got a three, you got a four, a five, and a six, right? And kind of you think about it that way in your head. They got one guy that could be a that could be a one, maybe. You know, maybe maybe Victor is a guy who's more of a two. We don't know this yet, right? But I don't. This isn't a situation where like again, using the example of like Tim Duncan again. Tim Duncan was coming in a team that had David Robinson, right? He'd been off and been hurt, but like you coming in, that team had two ones, right? So you're like, eh, why did that team jump like throw? Because they had two guys who were MVP level, right? Yeah, and because and because they, they were better than their record had been the prior year. They were, they were also older, like Duncan. Duncan was older. Duncan was a full four-year senior coming out of right. coming out of college, and so like, and, and David Robinson, you know, like he had to. So both. So, so no, this isn't that case. And I think that that again, it, it, it's if this number was twenty-five and a half, I think you both both you and I would be like, hey, underfade, right? Maybe or like or like, but but no, thirty and a half is a big number, particularly in the West or even in the West. Like we're talking like, look at the Pacific, right? We're going to talk about Sacramento, but even Sacramento is coming off a forty-eight win season and. And like you know, that's it's it's not like the teams around them got that much worse, right? So I think that's something to kind of figure out. So I think that you like, I mean, obviously rookie of the year for I think what's the number for a rookie of the year for Victor? It's uh, it's not bad, minus one fifteen. That's actually like minus one fifteen, minus one ten. So it's basically even money on Victor. Um, we know he's going to play. I don't and- mind throwing. I don't mind throwing a shekel on that. Like uh, like throwing like a like a like a. 
like a chip on that. That's not bad. It's not bad. And I mean, it's true that big men who aren't ball dominant generally don't get enough touches. He's not he's not my favorite bet on the board relative but, to relative to the odds, but I mean, even money for for Wembenyama, sure. Yeah, I think that's a good. I think that's a reasonable. Gonna, is he going to produce a lot of highlights? I mean, I think mm. he's going to he's he's going to produce highlights. Oh that's yeah. Thing. It's like, he's going to block like, a billion shots. Well, no, and he has like these offensive like he has a very smooth offensive game or very beautiful when he when he gets stuff off it looks so pretty that i kind of think that like yeah i mean i I think that that, that's that's a positive so i do think that like a 110 even if it is 110 like if it was like less than even money like so it was like minus 250 i would take it but 110 that's 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 pretty good and although i mean i think it's possible that that number drops a little bit later but i think that like i mean it depends if it just goes off at the beginning of the season then it won't matter but like you know i i think 110 is a good number for him so i'm gonna say yes for rookie of the year are, are you in favor of that one too yes i am okay so we're both on that one and okay. no division conference title odds yet no i mean like as i said i ran a simulation and i've got san antonio at like one percent to make the playoffs and 0.1 percent to win the division so no 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 that's, that's okay again that that's the thing it's like there's so many teams around it that even on the upside for this team yeah you know i mean like in, in, they've got dallas and memphis and new orleans in front of them and each team has their problems but like and even houston i i mean we're going to talk about houston in a bit but i kind of think the upside on houston is higher than the upside on san antonio this season this season i agree and 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 let's get to houston uh, so let's get to houston yes they're Houston, like a team that they're hoping is significantly changed from last year the rockets were another one of those franchises that was bottom five in offense and defense there were three last year the other one we'll talk about in the east and they added fred van vliet they added dylan brooks they can now lean less on their younger guys, but they're still going to lean a lot on their younger guys. One of the large, uh, no, they're not one of the larger rookie bands. That seems we're going to talk about next. Uh, it's a, it's a, like there's a disagreement between hashtag basketball and and kind of Kevin Felton on this. And I called him out. It's like, hey, you don't have any minutes from and Thompson. No, I'm not projecting. I'm like, I think Alan Thompson's going to play. Like, so they're going to. I mean, they added a veteran point guard. You know, Fred Van Bleed is a veteran point guard, and that it makes a huge difference for this kind of team. Uh, but they also, you know, they're, they're probably going to run out of Mentons of like a significant amount of, of like of minutes, right? So that's Especially be, late. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's going to be kind of interesting on both sides. So I do think that like... Um, you, you know, it makes it makes a difference in in what you're doing. I do again. This team is. I think Fred VanVleet makes it so that generally you're going to be a more competitive team across the season. They've got guys like Jeff Green contributing. They've got guys like they have some bets. I like Sangoon. I mean, I think Sangoon's actually like a really good. Um, would you consider him a, a two or a three? Right, and it's like in a scale of like is he a one like a, a, a top tier, second tier, third tier star? What do you think? Oh, I think he's probably more of third tier because defense is so important to me with fives, and he I he has moments. But he's not their possession to possession. But I like Shingun. I think he's an interesting player. Yeah, he can he can come in and kinda like relieve some pressure on that. Like he doesn't need to like on the particular right team, he can yeah, he can be a contributor, but not necessarily be a car- a carry force. I think Blam Bleed's a two three guy too. So again, the, again, this is a team that I, I'm wondering if they're gonna wanna compete or try to compete for that ten slot and try to get into the uh I have a a theory there. I I think that what's going to happen with a number of these teams, and San Antonio probably among them, is that they will intend to, and then they will have an 
and they will have an assessment point in probably mid-January, late January and say, is this possible? And then at that point, they'll either make a move or not. And one of the huge differences for the Rockets, um, and this is why, you know, they won 22 games last year at the differential of a 21-win team. Their over-under is set at 31 and a half either direction. And why that's plausible, I think this is a very well-set line, is that they're going from a team that gave a lot of minutes, entitlement minutes to young players, to a team that can get whole hell of a lot closer to 48 good minutes at every position. I mean, Jock Landale is going to make a big difference for them. Just a, a, comp, is- a competent backup center. Like, those sorts of things, like, they really raise the floor of a franchise. They're, they're, it, this is a better basketball team than they were last season. Oh, by a mile and a half. And, and internal improvement will help the guys they have, too. Like, almost we're gonna, every... We're going to talk about the coach? Yes. And I, mean, I wasn't the biggest Steven Silas fan. We will find out a whole lot more about Ime Udoka as a coach with a very different roster than the one he had in his time in his season in Boston. But yes, I think he is a positive coach. I think Ime is, and I, I'm not speaking of his personal conduct. I'm, 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 no, I'm not going to get into that. But I think Ime Udoka is a very competent basketball coach. He was a very competent basketball coach in Boston. And a lot of things to me as a Celtics fan kind of prove that he's a better coach and the, the coach the, the, the Celtics currently have. So I do think that, you know, between getting a better point guard, getting a better coach in place, uh, this is a significantly improved basketball team from a basketball perspective. Um, I'm kind of leaning on the over, but I wouldn't play it, right? Um, I think this line is very – I think this line is very well set, 31 and a half. But I think this team feels to me like a 32-33 win team. That This is what this kind of feels like to me. Right. I'm I'm a fade as well. I, so I think the fade is better than the over or the under. And I'm going to use the yes. same logic that I did before, where if a team is in the third, like low, if I think they're a low 30s team, then you probably end up keeping your, you know, well, but the complicated thing about the Rockets is the is the pick. And so Houston, yeah, for those so that it's protected, it's protected one through four. Right. And, so and have- yeah. And so one through four, just to walk people through with the new lottery odds, what that means is even if you have the worst record in the NBA, you only have have a roughly a 52% chance of keeping that pick. Now, you could and so then that means you have roughly a, you know, 40 48% chance of of or no, so you have 48% chance of yeah, yeah, that I said it right the first time. And so how much are you going to put on yourself to to put, to go down? Yeah, that is a that is an interesting point here. That's part of why the fade is a better is is uh uh I'm going to go under I though. Think- you know, I, I understand it. I think I'm going to go over because I think because of the talent they brought in, I think it's going to be like – I think this team is going to get to like – it's 31. I think this team is going to be at 31 like with five or six games left, right? They, they might not win a game after that, but like it's going to be something where like they're going to – they're going to basically kind of like stumble into 31, 32 wins, right? I think that's – but I would not play it. Because of what we talked about, I think that like it, there are some incentives for this team to go like the other way, and they are. I mean, again, they also have the uh, one of Thompson twins, so they. I think they might like, depending on how it goes and where they are, there might be a situation where like they tell Fred, just hey, sit out for the for a bit, right, and so we can get a better pick and kind of be better next year. Right? Well, I mean, so, and, and even with the pick being murky, you still run into circumstance where it's where you're not going to tank as aggressively, but you might not push your guys as hard you know like you're not going to play van vliet nick nurse minutes like that's not going to happen here yeah, this team, 
I've said this. This team is not going to be athletically taken off the board. Like, this is not a team that's going to be athletically taken off the board by other teams, right? Yeah. Which is like San Antonio possibly could have been, right? Whereas this team, I think that, yeah, no, I think this team can hang. And I think this team has some interesting um, athletes and some vets that are coming in with like some, some spite. So I, I do think, again, I, I, I'm over, but it's but it's a very strong fate, right? You and yeah. I are both like, it's a very strong fate. And, I and, don't like, I do not like their division odds. No. I don't like their conference odds. I think like, so Houston I have, I was like, I've got them as like a 10% to make the playoffs, 2% to win the division, and 1% to get the like a top four seed. So no, and no, no, the, no. the only other thing to discuss with them is they have two high-profile rookies, Cam Whitmore and Amen Thompson. The question that I have for, mm-hmm. for Ime Udoka is are they going to get enough opportunities? And so it's not only are you going to play enough, but are you going to have the ball in your hands? And when you have Fred Van Vliet, they have Jalen Green, who's going to have plenty of playmaking opportunities. My instinct, I'm a big Amen Thompson guy. I think he's going to have a very good career, but I don't think he's going to win Rookie of the Year. Well, the other reason I like this team for the over, even though it's a fade, is the coach. I don't, you know, Ime is not going to play his, I don't think he's going to play his rookies that much. He didn't really play his rookies that much in Boston. He was playing... You know, obviously he's playing more as vets and rotation, but I don't think he's gonna like sacrifice winning for development necessarily. You know, maybe I'm wrong, but that's kind of like my my general take on. Well, I mean, yeah, the the way that either Amen or Cam Whitmore gets rookie of the year is that they they play well enough that they're the right guy to play. It's not that they oh. get entitlement minutes, and there's a possibility for both of them, but. I mean, if Fred VanVleet gets hurt, but I don't necessarily think you can kind of bet well, on that. And even in that case, I don't think it's necessarily going to be the well, case. And, and even so, like there, the question with Amen Thompson is, well, what can he do off ball? And so where you can do that and with Whitmore they have so many options you know they they Dylan Brooks you know so it seems like they're starting one two three are pretty solid and then they at at the four the presumably going to go with Jabari you know la- last year's high pick and then they have Shangun so they I don't think the path the path would be there and even if this is a weaker rookie of the year class which I'm not saying it will be there will be guys they have better opportunities for all for the overall 82 game season I kind of think these guys are going to move some i think houston is going to move somebody right they could i think because i think it's a little bit like so they they did the thing where like they picked a bunch of rookies and i think now they're in oh let's figure out what our core is right so this is figure out what our core is here and i think they're gonna move some i think there's a chance they're gonna move some of these parts right so like i i think they're gonna do that in the off season personally like next year but it could be in season again if somebody off if somebody wants one of these guys then yeah i mean i think they'll the, 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 it's it's like remember like utah last year we were talking about that utah we're like yeah somebody yeah somebody makes them an offer they'll take the picks right i don't think that's that's gonna i think they're they, i think houston is in the happy to be here year and they're gonna one they're gonna figure out their core and two they're gonna kind of like you know stock up a little bit more on assets which again this is why i'm over faith right i think they they have they have a vision for the future but it's not necessarily for this year right but I, I, does that make sense it does. It does. And and I think we're we're very close to each other. It's just that this is such a well set line that that difference is no, I, the I, difference. I understand exactly why you went under fade, right? It's just like to me I'm like I'm giving them some extra points because of Fred and because of Ime and I say I think I think they're gonna like, you know, it's gonna be they're gonna be close to that thirty one number, like like, you know, with a month left of the season. Right, so I think that's why I'm kind of going like, eh. I think uh, we said like it's 31 and a half on both. Maybe wait, like if you were going to bet the over, and I don't necessarily recommend it, but like if that number dropped to like 29 and a half somewhere, then yeah, definitely like then that's an overplay, right? To me, um, it's a comment I'll make.
make. I'll make. I'll, I'm going to write it down. I'm going to say basically if that number drops to like twenty nine and a half, but take the over. Arturo, if nothing, and we said nothing on division, nothing on rookie, right? Not, not really. I mean, I like their guys, but I don't think they're going to get the opportunity. So there will would be. You play, would you play this number if it was if, if the under was thirty two and a half? No. Because I, I think there's a clear, I, I it would still be a, it would still be a fade for me. I, I think it would need to be like 34, something like that. Okay, no, I I, I get it, I get it. Yeah. Because you're like you're like me, you you could see this team winning four games. Oh yeah, but, I could yeah. see them winning 35, no problem. Yeah, winning accidentally, yeah. Like this is what we we argue. It's like one of the things when you when when you're talking about the over unders, can you see this team winning five more games or five less games that we're talking about? And I think for San Antonio, we talked like San Antonio. The number was you know 30 and a half. Could I see San Antonio? winning 25 yes yes totally 25 yes totally now and for houston for me could i see san antonio could i see houston winning 36 and a half <laughs> I, I could see them winning 34 right but i couldn't necessarily see him winning 36 right that's that's kind of where i'm at with them. okay so now we come to the team that caused a bit of a of a shuffling so portland trailblazers won 33 games last year but the portland trailblazers also have their best player uh kind of demanding a trade and their team is basically refusing to make the trade because the offer being made by miami is not necessarily very good they also um there's a lot of like little details on that because um, Miami isn't making necessarily the best offer, and Miami fans will get mad at me about this, but it's true. The offer isn't great. And uh, Portland has three years of Damian Little under contract, um, so effectively they have team control of, of Damian. And really, if you think about it, there's a bit of a – I think the owners are not – particularly after the last CBA, they really don't want to you know, let star players dictate like Dame is trying to here. Right. I think the other part is like because it's three years, there there's pretty much I, I would say it's almost guaranteed that Portland's gonna get a better offer if they just wait. Right. So that's kind of where we're at on that. So like I know Miami fans will get mad, oh it's, it's the only offer. Yeah, and he wants to play there, yes. But it's like if, if you want if you list your house at two hundred and fifty thousand dollars and somebody comes in and offers you hundred and twenty five, just because it's on the only offer, you don't have to take it. Right. That's that's kind of where we're at on this. So, and again, Dame is a very, very highly rated player by all the models. So right now, I mean, I have him playing for Portland, even though I understand that he's probably not going to play for Portland. Well, that's that's another part of this question is I think that if it, if the season starts when the music stops and he's still on the Blazers, I think he'll play at least some for them. Well, but do they – see, the question with this is, does Portland basically just punt on the season? That's kind of like – there, I don't think there's a disincentive for Portland to basically just punt, right? I mean, do they, do they play him? Do they trade him? Do they play him partly? I don't know exactly what that's going to look like. If he does play, which is kind of the baseline assumption that I'm making right now for the modeling, I have the modeled at 33 and a half. Oh, and if we, if we haven't if we haven't mentioned this, so Portland is not on the board for any yes, of the for is, any of the books are, right now. There, I mean, I I I looked a lot. I suspect you could probably get something for them if you went to like a weird offshore book somewhere or like had somebody make you a special line. But right now they are not listed uh, for bets, right? Uh, there's an imply. I mean, if I was guessing, the line for this team would probably be in the 34 and a half range. And we're probably going under that because we've got it at like 33. But right now, I wouldn't touch it, right? I mean, like, even if – because, again, you don't know. My baseline assumption with them is that, like, again, if, if Dame's there, Dame's going to play. Um, 
it feels like it, it'll be a bit like this. It'll be a little bit like the Anthony Davis thing. But here's the thing with Anthony Davis: like the trade package that the Lakers sent, like the Pelicans, was was really good. Yes, right. That that, that was a really good solid trade package. Whereas, like, I, I mean, am I am I miss am I be am I wrong in saying that the Miami Heat package is not that great? I think it is uninspiring, and so thus I agree with your phrasing that if. If this is all that's out there from Portland's perspective, even if you account for the potential weakening of their own draft pick because Damian Lillard is a good basketball player who helped them, you can play it out and somebody's going to get desperate. Somebody's going to have a better season than expected and be like, oh, he could he could really make a difference for us yeah, or a worse one. There's there, That's the thing. It's like history has shown us that suitors will would like particularly like somebody will somebody's going to panic and appear right somebody's going to panic and what and, and on, yeah you know what's probably informing this for joe cronin and company is kevin durant like kevin durant he demanded a trade granted kevin durant is wired differently than a lot of other players but he 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 you know did request a trade or that they would fire these people they did not fire those people though eventually they fired steve nash and then he comes back, and they get a significantly better offer from the Suns then than what it sounds like was on the table during the offseason. And so I think Portland, they have all these years under Lillard's contract. They, you know, and and for them, like, maybe they think, hey, we could potentially be in the playoffs with Lillard. Like, we're, we're fine with that. I know that this year's draft class is not the most highly regarded. So, like, we could just roll those dice if we have to. Yeah, they also have, again the other the other part that people kind of discount is they have they thing for three years three full years like under team control. There's you know the new CBA is coming so not only is it three years it's three years under the old terms not the new terms right. So effectively what I mean I think what is his, what is his money his money is much less than somebody like say Jalen isn't it? No, it's actually it's actually really high because his um, so basically the way they structured the in, in the way they structured the extension is it doesn't they don't count they don't count the new number until we know the cap so it's going to be real high um and it hasn't even it doesn't even kick in for i think in it's for like another 40, couple of years i think it's 44 no it's like going to be high, it's going to be higher than that so the extension hasn't kicked in yet it's it's incredible um, oh so basically it's going on the percent but even okay even then i again you're getting him for three years he's at this point you know epm which is one of the systems i'm using has him like the third best player in the league right and they're not far off versus some of the other systems and again i think damien has his flaws and i you know i, I used to joke call, joking call him damien lillard right um in that like he does have some defensive flaws but you know he is the better version of Kyrie irving right um well and that, and like, lillard like he has this thing I've talked about it a lot over the years with Trey Young where like when he's on the floor a team's offense is consistently good and there's right. a lot of there's a lot of value in that if you you need you just need to put him on a team like you don't need all five guys to be a level on defense you really don't you need if you can put him on a team where like he effectively is not covering the primary ball handler and there's enough help behind them then yeah you can basically get like it's not like people are gonna be it's not like teams are gonna isolate gonna isolate on him necessarily as a secondary like uh defender right it, that's not gonna burn you and so you can basically do that and then he gives you a great offense so there are a lot of teams where like you know uh where that could be really effective for taking you to the next level so as we said like i think that like wait and see is the right approach for portland portland basically built a portland basically low-key flipped their roster over right so they they have kind of the next guys they have a bunch of young players so they're they're already kind of set up for the next version obviously what they're, they're trying to do is they're trying to get a war chest from lillard so they can fully go into the rebuild right but they're 
I don't think they're going to they're not going to panic, right? So there there's there's no there's no reason for them to panic and take the first offer. I, I agree with what they're doing. And I think like even that's a, the practical perspective. I think from a owner perspective, I think the owners really don't want to for Lillard to have it outside of Miami. I don't think any of the other owners want my, want uh, want uh, Portland to give in to Miami. Because again, the, the, the Miami offer is it's kind of insulting and it's it's a little bit kind of brinksmanship by the agent kind of saying that he's not going to play it. So it's, it's, it's a lot of strong arm and stuff that like I think the owner in the league doesn't really like so i'm not i'm not vilifying damien and his agent here they're doing the thing that they believe is correct for them but they're kind of the victim of things that other players have done before right they're in a situation where like i think that they're in a you know the league just wasn't gonna take this one right and, and again i think riley and miami are a little bit to blame in this because the offer is it's is, is not good right it's like i they, they, they i think they came in on a number that's significantly too low for us. i mean they they, they they could have found a way to maybe like go a little bit higher and make it and then they probably could have closed this deal but i think portland's probably fine and saying like look we can we can just wait and it's not like you know th- this fan base has gone through some kind of like turbulent times before and this is nothing to them i don't think the other thing to consider here and this is why we don't know what the number is but if it were in that you know low mid-30s range i would go under is that i think that there is a distinct chance that damian lillard starts the year on portland and does not finish the year or that we're over at we're over indexing on how much he'll actually play and so for the blazers they as you mentioned they turned over part of the roster they did re-sign jeremy grant but there's no guarantee that he'll be there long term they have used circuit like they have a, a number of good basketball players but they have flaws. This is a this is a team that isn't very defensively versatile. They have some good defenders. You know, they can I like Jeremy Grant, I like Matisse Thibel. Nurkic, if you're playing a deep drop, can do reasonably well. I'm also not the biggest fan of Chauncey Billups as a coach. I think he's done fine, but I don't think he's like one of the you know, it's it's not like they have Spo. If they had Spo, then maybe I'd be having a different conversation it, here. It's 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 a, it's a weird version of that. Remember that Utah team last year? Yeah. Like they had a bunch of guys that like Portland is definitely selling, but this is a messier situation than like the Utah situation last year, right? So I think that like Portland is already thinking about the next cycle, right? Yeah, and um, they already have Shaden Sharp, they already have Scoot Henderson, and that's where I want to go is that I I am a believer in Scoot Henderson, and yes, I have also said the idea that I I think there's a distinct possibility Damian Lillard will start the season in Portland. If if you can get it at at plus three ninety for him to win rookie of the year, I would take it, and I, that's that's my favorite rookie rookie of the year bet on the board. Hmm. So you like I I I, kinda, I like that one because he's like, going to like if even if Lillard starts the season in Portland, Scoot Henderson is going to play. He's going to have the ball in his hands, and he's going to get opportunities. And if we're you know we're, we're predicting this on who's going to actually win the award, and it's not necessarily yay points, but it is yay counting stats. Like that's the way this works. Yeah, and I, so I, I, I've talked about that before. Here's here's an interesting one: Cha- Chauncey Billups for Coach of the Year. No, I, I think that there are one. I'm not the biggest fan of him, but also the uh, I the best predictor there is like wins relative to expectation. I don't know that there is an expectation for Portland this year. Yeah, that's that's kind of like here's the thing. I, I do kind of think that this if this team blows up, it's kind of a little bit like that Utah team last year, where like I think that like depending on how it breaks out, this team could be good enough to like make the play in probably. Right. Um, because again, I, I think that like 
if assuming you don't get like pocket lint from Miami, um, you could again if you like Scoot, you got a couple other guys. I mean, I think you know thirty six, thirty seven is probably not out of the range of possibility. Um, it's probably a bit of a long shot. I think they're probably going to be more interesting teams as we move along. I actually have like a I, I have a preference for Coach of the Year, but like we won't get we won't get to it until we get to the East. Uh, that that's going to be a surprise. One team I'm going to go over there. Um, but yeah, I mean I think we've discussed enough of Portland. I don't think we we don't like their uh, division or uh, title or anything else, right? No, I don't like those things, even if they were full strength. So yeah, no, there's no like you might get an opportunity later in the year if. <laughs> you like if things work out but i don't think it's i don't think it's a prudent move right now you know i think make the play in might be an interesting number i don't know what exactly what the number is for make the play in but that might be something to consider right because i do think i mean depending on how it breaks that might be interesting but i mean i don't know if necessarily is now is the time for it if that makes sense i mean if you were if you had supreme information on that damian lord is going to stay then maybe but outside of that i wouldn't have the confidence necessary Okay, that that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I think that like yes, they. I like the Scoot Henderson for Rookie of the Year. That that I think is a really good one. I'm gonna basically put like there's nothing here. I'm just basically gonna put a black line on it. As I said, like you know, situation might change. We're doing this fairly early. I don't. My expectation is that Damian Little will be on Portland to start the season. Whether he's playing or not, my expectation is I don't think Portland's gonna move him before the start of the season. That's my current expectation. I mean, what do you think, Danny? I think there's. I think there will be a strengthening of not only Miami's offer but other offers are shortly before the start of training camp. I mean, there was. I think it was Windhorse. Somebody had it like that. The there's a transition after Labor Day when teams like are really starting to get in, but it seems like they're far apart enough now. I think it's probably 60 40 that he starts the year in Portland. Yeah, unless some unless another team steps up. Um, th- this, that's my thing. I think unless another team steps up, I don't think it happens. Um, or unless Miami moves from their position, and I don't think that happens either. So just I'm kind of thinking like, yeah, I think that like it's more like ninety ten at the start of the season that he's in Portland. Now, is he going to be there by the Christmas game? That's a whole other question. But I think at least to the start of the season, he, like he, I think he's he opens the season with Portland. I think that's just the way it's going to play out. Plenty more to discuss, but first a message from FanDuel. Snap into action this season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That is $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, which I love, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL, must be 21 or over and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. So good. What do we got next? We got Utah. Yes, next we have the Utah Jazz who had a different season. You know, they were, of course, competitive for a long time, but there's some context here. So last year, if we were looking at it in totality, the Jazz won 37, but they did have the differential of a 39-win team. That said, they also made a significant in-season trade where they, you know, they sent Mike Conley. They didn't really replace him on the guard line. They brought in some young guys like Keontae George, who I actually do like. 
And so we wonder, I wondered where the line was going to be set. 35 and a half, I think this is a, a well-set line. Yeah, I mean, like, I think this team is this team is worse than it was last year, right? I think we can kind of— Overall, they're not, yes. They're not that much worse. But again, Danny—I mean, again, the thing the trick with, Dan, with, with these Danny teams is they're typically going to outplay—they're going to outkick their coverage, but they're also going to be open for business. So, like, if there's—you know, if somebody comes in with an offer— uh, and it's a guy who Danny does not consider core. He's going to move that guy, right? So I think that's kind of the the blend. This is what happened with Utah last year. They uh, they own their own pick if it's one ten, so it's protected for one to ten. Um, so and I think that actually may play a little bit into it. Um, but as you said, I mean, like I like guys on this team. I like Clarkson, Markanen, Kessler is good. John Collins just came in. He's going to be decent on this team. That's kind of their core. But if somebody comes in and makes them an offer for Kelly Olynyk or like maybe you know Taylor Holder Tucker or um, Colin Sexton or some of the other guys on this team, I think they listen. So crap. What do I? Huh? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, and I mean, I'll, I'll give you the reason why I'm really torn on this is that one of the one of the ideas that I've leaned on a lot over the years, influenced by the Utah Jazz in a different vintage, is that you can have a single player who really sets who really sets the table for you defensively. The idea I brought this up a few years ago when I I had Gobert in consideration for like it was a weak MVP year, but for fifth on my ballot because like they built their defense around him. I don't think Kessler's at that level yet, but he was shockingly close to that his rookie year. And so if the Kessler minutes, if they can get to like league average on defense, even in just in his minutes, maybe even better than that, then this starts to look a lot more interesting. But the problem for me and why I'm going to go under fade reluctantly, two reasons. One, I'm still really skeptical of their offense. I think Markinen is wonderful. He had a fantastic year. They don't really have an advantage creator. Like Sexton can do it at times. Clarkson can do it at times. If they had that player, and they will get that player for the next two to three years, I would be just the sleeping giant on board, all that type of stuff. And the other part of it is they have that protected pick. And so like I could see it as a circumstance where, oh, we can fight for the plan or we can make sure that we keep this pick for another year. And for Utah, they're not in a circumstance where they're so there every once in a while there's a team that just wants to like get their obligation out of the way and just be you know just be done with it but utah i don't think they really care i think that it's top 10 protected for this year top 10 again for the following year and then top eight and in that case then it becomes um i think if then it becomes nothing it doesn't even become seconds and so for danny ainge i think that he's open to just kicking that can down the road rather than but if they're you know in the play-in or in the playoffs of course they'll be fine with it i think the models think that this is the most perfectly set line on the board it's 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 the models that the 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 the, the, the over and the other 35 and a half the models of 35 and a half four of them have them over four of them have them under um i and i i love and i'll also know i'm a big will hardy fan i think he did a very good job with that yeah i I'm, I'm afraid. I think I'm going to go with the over because historically Utah underperforms the projections because of the home court advantage in Utah. Also, you know, so they've done that 70% of the time. And again, I think there's a bunch of guys who are good on this team. They're going to play well and hard. I do think they move. 
I'm over. I'm a fade. I don't think this team is going to be good enough to kind of, you know, I don't think they, I, I couldn't see them winning 41 games, which would be five over uh, where they are, because I think if they're that good, they're moving pieces. But I do think that I do think this team is going to be around that. They're going to be around 35 wins with like two games left in the season. It, it, this is like that number is very well set. And I think they're going to be close to that. I'm over, but I'm a fade, right? I for the reasons I stated, I think they, I think they'll sneak a couple games in because of the home court advantage. But ultimately, I don't think they're gonna kind of. I think they're gonna be on the bubble outside of the uh, the play and not in the play. And again, for the reasons we stated, I think that that they're gonna. If they are that good, somebody will come calling for Laurie and they'll say yes, right? I think that's. I, I think they'll keep him, but there 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 are a lot of different things that can happen with them. I, I think. I mean. I, I don't think Danny. I, I don't think Danny's married to him necessarily. So like, if somebody makes him an offer, they'll. It's you know the same thing. Like like Laurie's. How old is Laurie now? I mean, he's not. He's still young. Um, because he came into the league, he only played one year at Arizona. Um, so Larry Markkinen, he right as we're recording this, he's twenty six. He'll be twenty six for the whole regular season. I don't know that he's. I don't. I don't know that Danny necessarily sees him as a part of whatever title team he has in, or what you know the team he has in mind for three or four years like you know his, his long-term vision so i do think that like i don't think the guys who are going to be the guys are necessarily on this team yet right or they're he's not that married to any of that so which is what i kind of think that like um i i i um, that's why i'm a fail on this team because again i think this is we're on teams that we think obviously these last three teams have bombed, we, we're, you know people are gonna say oh you're not making business like well because there's so many question marks and again the people who are running these teams make us think that like yeah they're going to be willing to kind of move some stuff around and they'll listen to stuff that they're better and i don't i don't think any of these teams i don't think the jazz are all fired up to make the plan right um they, they might be fired up to like for the for that for that in-season tournament but i don't think that like they're gonna care about making the the 10th play-in right i don't think that's kind of where we are on this team um do we like any other other odds I wouldn't think so. So for Rookie of the Year, uh, they have Keontae George and Taylor Hendricks, both of whom I've liked. George at Summer League, I didn't scout him in Hendricks in film. He didn't play in Summer League. But Rookie of the Year is a lot to ask. I mean, this team has depth. I don't I don't expect either. Yeah, they're I mean, not, not going to get enough reps, I don't think. Well, so here's here's what I'd say. So Keontae George, can you, can you translate this for me? So the best number you can get for him is it's ten plus 10,000. So does that mean you bet $100, you get 10,000? Yes. I would throw a small bet there because here's the thing. It's very similar to the idea with Scoot Henderson. I think there's a chance that Keontae George starts for the Jazz, and there aren't that many guys ahead of him in line in terms of counting stats for like in the rookie class. So like Wembenyama and maybe a couple other guys we haven't discussed yet, they're going to get touches, they're going to get reps. But so I would say throw a small throw a small thing on Keontae George. I mean that, that's fair. I mean, I, I I have my I would unless he's an extraordinary rookie, I'm not picking somebody who's playing in, in Utah, <laughs> and maybe that's just kind of like the bias I have. Partly, and again, partly same thing. It's like the guys who are playing these late night West Coast games. Uh, unless it's kind of a, somebody who's extraordinary, I'm a, I'm a little bit kind of hesitant on that. 
Um, but I mean, yeah, if he's getting the starts, then yeah, I, I think that like because of the minutes, I you know, I, I can see why you like him at 10K. I wouldn't necessarily take him, uh, but I but I but I understand it. Uh, I think I'll, to mention, I have Utah at 25, 26% to make the playoffs, 6% to win the division. I'm not crazy about the division odds, particularly again, it's the Northwest, and there's a lot of good teams. Like huh, we'll, we'll talk about that. There's a lot of good teams in front of them, so I can't I can't see Utah. Utah kind of sneaking past the three teams in front of them in the Northwest. They, um, hell, I, I well, could you? They're definitely better than Portland, Houston, and San Antonio, right? Yes, I, there is a scenario where I think Houston could pass them, but I don't think in terms of like let's call it expected value, I wouldn't say so. Yeah, I wouldn't. It, the, there, there's a scenario, but it isn't necessarily something where like I would I would bet on it. Yeah. Okay. So I think like do we we don't like them for Coach of the Year or anything else, right? <sighs> Outside, I, I would say outside chance, but not like I, I like Will Hardy. He, this is yeah, the I kind; think, it's I the think, kind of coaching job that doesn't that doesn't get Coach of the Year. I think Will Hardy at some point will uh, kind of be in that content in that mix, but I don't think this is the year. If that makes sense? Yeah, he'll do a good job. It's like there'll be one year where he does a good job, and that team because they're playing in Utah also will win like five or six more games than they should, and they'll get like forty five, forty six, and kind of like the Sacramento job last year. It'll be something like that. But mm-hmm. I don't think this is this is not the year for that. I think there's Utah still in my mind is a selling basketball team. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Let's go to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, an interesting disparity here. Uh, they won 40 games, but they had the differential of a 43-win team, and they are also getting the addition of Chet Holmgren. We'll, of course, talk about him in just a minute. And Vegas has them as a largely similar franchise to that win expectancy number, uh, 40, 43 and a half if you want to go over, 44 and a half if you want to go under. So basically 44 wins is the line. And the Thunder, I mean, so they last year they were pretty healthy. I mean, they, they had some of the best players, but they're an extremely young team. They're a well coached team to my estimation as well. So I I'm interested what in, in what you think here. So this is the first case where we walk in and we have a number one, clear number one uh, level player, uh, number one on playoff. I, I've I've seen Shea play. Shea is Shea is that guy. He is. Uh, yeah. Where you where you watch him? I actually saw him play against the Celtics, and he was he was the best player on the court. Uh, the game I saw, and he is he is really good. Um, and I like some of the other guys on this team. I like Giddy. Uh, I think Dort's a decent player. Uh, Chet's interesting. Um, is this a team that's kind of a finished product? I, you know, that number seems aspirational. Uh, as much as I like some of the pieces, they won 40 games last year, but 44 and a half. Oof, that is, that's a high, that's a high number for this team. Could you see this team winning 49 games? I, 49, I think would be, would be a lot because, because even if you are a Dagnold optimist and I mean, they were 16th in defense last year and I thought their talent was significantly worse than that. It's to be like basically if you're a, okay so to walk people through like what a 49 win team looks like that's roughly you know like a point differential maybe we're talking like a plus three that's a really good team yeah 49 like um, that's 49 is eight so yeah it's, it's it's plus three plus three is 10 percent over like yeah so and that no I mean I think the other part is like, again they're gonna be incorporating some guys that like Chet I like Chet but like that's gonna kind of cause some issues I think in terms of 
of of the defense and kind of how you move around and how you incorporate these guys. And it's going to make their defense, I think, softer, right? I thought last year when I saw them, they were, I mean, they were better than you'd expect. Uh, um, but I, again, I think that, like, that is a very high line. I think a lot of that is based on Shea. Um, and, um, you know, I think I'm a clear under on this team. I think the models are clear under, and I, I, I see why. I mean, it's, it's God, it's 44 and a half, right? I don't think if the – again, I think as Chet's interesting, but I think adding Chet to the roster makes it worse, at least short term, if that makes sense. It's definitely something to manage, but – I thought the weakest part of Oklahoma City's rotation last year was kind of the the four slash five spots, even though big man Jalen Williams did better than I expected. It's not like those guys were, you know, dominating, yeah, uh, dominating, and that's why they were exceeded I mean, expectations. Yeah, but you but you I mean, Chet's a bit of a project, right? So sure. I mean, like so so you kinda you got a bunch of guys you got a bunch of big men. Like rookies are rookies are almost never positive players. Like that's Whereas, Four or five years ago, I think you could probably get you could get away with this because the league was kind of doing the whole small ball thing. I think now you have you know you're back to like having teams with like really big effective guys. You know, centers like the that can do stuff, and I think that's I think that that's going to be a liability for them under the boards and some and, and some parts of the game. And I think that has to be counted for. As much as I like Shea, I think that this line is too high right I, I again i'm i'm under and i and i'm bet i mean I, i'm gonna agree with the model on this one and i because i get why um why they're doing that right why it's doing that it's 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 to me you're adding a lot of uncertainty into the equation uh and again i think could if they have a really good season win 40 could they win 45 games yeah are the teams in front of them better than them? Ye- probably, yeah. I mean, I think that they're, you know, we're on the right now. They'd be the eleventh team. We've got them at the eleventh ranking on the West, and I'm thinking that, yeah. I mean, but the team we're going to discuss after, like, it's coming off winning 48. So, like, I don't think they're better than that team. So, like, um, eh, maybe they're better than the Lakers. Who knows? But like. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm under on this team. I'm, I'm under on this team, and I, and, and again, I don't think it's going to be like it's not going to be something where like they're going to win 35 games, right? Unless something like unless the roof falls in, somebody gets hurt. But like you were saying, like they were relatively healthy last year too. So I'm under bet on this. Team. I'm under fade. I love Shea. I'm not going to bet against it, and and also I like Dagnall. Um, but it's. I, there was but a point. There was fly, a point right? for me. Yeah, there was a point for me where I'm like, oh, this is an over. Like the, their young team, they're gonna get better. I love Jalen Williams, perimeter player. Like I think that he could. And, and maybe this is the year that they like put all their best players on the floor more often. Guys like either you know players like Trey Mann and company sink or swim. Like you know if they're good enough to play, then they're better. And if they're not, then they don't play. But. There's a lot, and and maybe they're a buyer, but I don't think so. I think that that time is going to come over next summer if it happens. So yeah, I'm under, um, and, and it's 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 a percentage play. Like I don't think, and part of the reason I'm a fade here is like I see a I don't see a great path for them to win 49, but I absolutely see one for them to win 45, 46. That, but generally speaking, you know, as you mentioned, the like the five win line, the three win line, and it's do you do you see like. To me, if you're going to pick an over, you need to see a clear path for three wins and a reasonable path for five. I don't really see a reasonable path for five, and I don't see a clear path for three. Yeah, the model thinks they're slightly worse than last year, and I see why it thinks they're slightly worse than that. Because again, you're introducing disturbances. They got a uh, the other part, like they got a bunch of picks coming in. They got, like, I think, I think they got three ones coming. 
this season. I think they've got a they got a bit of a they got a log jam right now too. So I do think this is a team that's going to be like they're probably going to be like if somebody's like swinging a trade, these guys might be involved. I still think they're kind of like stockpiling and moving stuff around. So I do think they're still kind of in flux. If that makes sense. So, like, to me, this isn't – it isn't – I know what you mean. Like, yeah, this isn't – I don't expect them to run back what they ran last last year as a young team. And get, they're, 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 they're introducing some disturbances into the equation, which I think that they're going to need to, like, figure out. And they're going to need to figure out exactly how all the roster pieces fit together. And that is why I'm kind of, like, going, like, ah. I'm under on this, right? And again, this is the first team where I'm like, these guys have a clear super, like a clear star super, like a clear guy who is a top ten player, right? Um, yes, exactly. Yeah. How high is a, is a question, but like, no, no, Shea is that freaking good. It's just the pieces around. Like, if if I'd feel better about this if one of their big was more of an Evan Mobley type, right? Sure, and, as and, opposed and... to like you know more of like. Persingis, although Persingis is kind of different now, but like I mean, Persingis is where we came to the league, where like it's a bit of a one-dimensional kind of, and they're all kind of one-dimensional in the same way. Um, like, who's their best seven-foot defender? Is it Josh Giddy? Oh no, it, they're be- it, It's probably. I mean, if we're talking only seven feet and taller, but Giddy's not yeah. set. Giddy's like six seven, six eight. Um, it's like I'm talking like yeah, who's 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 like your best guy? Who who are you gonna put on joking on this team? Oh, I mean, no one. That's gonna be a problem. But but you're those those teams are gonna be a challenge for you anyway. Um, I think what, that, what do you do? Like who's covering Anthony Davis? That's that's kind of like where I'm looking at this team and going like, hey, it's what? it's gonna be a challenge. And and I think that and OKC they've generally been very well coached. They're well prepared. They have good schemes and all that. And I think they'll they'll win games that will surprise people. It's just will they win yes. enough of those games? To do it, yeah, I think I think it's just it's just this team has a clear weakness and some clear structural issues and some clear roster issues that they still need to resolve. And this is again, it, it if that number that's the thing. If this number was a forty one and a half, ooh, but man, forty four and a half, jeez, that is that that that's that's something, right? That that's um and and I don't see this team as being four and a half wins better than it was last year. As much as like like Shea, I, I thought I don't think Shea, I mean Shea, you're not going to get that much more. I mean I mean Shea would have to be like I don't know. We'll see. Well, no, but he was already like he would have to be like you know hmm, like LeBron level impact on both sides for me to like say oh yeah he's like and maybe he can be. I mean I don't know, but I think right now. I think that I think this team make I think this team is going to be like forty team forty win team and they're definitely going to be in the play in contention but I don't see those last four and a half wins. I was st- I was stunned with how high this line was. This line is like you know what I mean. It's like it's one of those like really okay. And again, because the West is going to be so competitive, um, it, it makes it like like they got to be better than all these like than a, a lot of teams. And it's not like the East is bad either. So I'm like looking at it and going like no 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 no. I don't think they're quite that good. Um, let's see what the projection is for. Like for OKC, I have them forty percent to make the playoffs, eleven percent to win the division, and like two uh, percent to be the one seed. ten uh, percent to win the. I don't know that. Like eh, Northwest, no. What are the what are their odds for winning? No, it's like it's seven fifty. It's not that great. It's like yeah, seven fifty is the number. So no, I don't like that. And so we could get into some of their individual odds. Um, Shea Gildas Alexander, you have it at eighteen hundred to to be MVP. 
the problem he's never he's never top five. That's he's never top five, and I, I mean, I I believe I had him there last year, but my vote doesn't count because it's not recorded. And um, the other challenge is it's very hard for a non-established player to win on a sub fifty win team. It, let he, me, by the way, let me let me let me explain for anybody who's listening for the first time. When I say he's not top five, this historically, when you win the MVP, right, you almost always have to have finished in the top five before. Right. So if you finish in the top five in the MVP, and then you can consider yourself kind of a contender. I think I think uh, Tatum was the guy who was like the the guy who broke in last year. So yeah, I mean, uh, so actually, I'm going to look up the MVP voting for like for reference. Keep talking though. So like, yeah. So so for Shea, and then I could briefly walk through. Chet Holmgren actually has the second strongest rookie of the year odds, depending on which way you want to count it for the consensus. I don't think Holmgren has a great chance at it. He kind of has the weaker Wembenyama oh, case. You know what? We're wrong. Shea did top five last year. Oh, he did? Okay. He finished fifth. Good in, for him. Uh, in, in, uh, I, I had him top five, but it was... I, um, I, man, if, here's the thing. If you like the if you like the over on OKC, then Shea, then Shea to win the MVP might actually be a really good bet. Actually. Sure. Um, uh, I don't I just, like... Sub-50 win teams generally don't get MVPs. It has happened, but I think it's going to be hard. Yeah, could, I, could you see the Thunder winning 50 games? I mean that's pretty much what we were talking about before. I think it's un I think it's unlikely. You might you might just like if, if you might be better off betting Chet Holgram for rookie of the year <laughs> in that scenario because Chet would have to like be like a man on fire for that to happen. I I don't I uh, uh, it's what is it? It's Chet is uh, somebody has him at plus seven hundred. I see. That's not bad. Plus seven hundred for Shet. Plus seven hundred is a lot better than the three hundred that you have as the consensus. But Holmgren, to me, it's the it's a really hard case to make because he's not going to have the ball in his hands a ton. And like I, I, I mean, to me, he's, he's not the chi- he's not the shiniest piece on this. Team. Exactly, like, and I, I think he'll I think he'll be a good player. And in a year where like I was thinking of the year like where Malcolm Brogdon won Rookie of the Year, where like no one really had it, I could see Holmgren having that kind of Rookie of the Year year. But Wembenyama, maybe Scoot, maybe some other guys we haven't mentioned yet, I think are going to have strong cases. So I don't like I don't yeah, like his think, number. Think, and Chip might be a turnstile, so I think that's like, and, and I kind of like, but that kind of plays against it. So I don't love any of the ancillary odds for this team and again as i said like i don't this this isn't the year i don't think for okc right not yet i mean i think i think once they figure some stuff out like let's revisit this next year i, I do think as i said this is the first team this is the first team that has a guy that could see be the best the, the, the best guy on the championship team right of the teams that we've talked about like maybe Victor, but like of the of the teams that we talked about, like yeah, like in, in that we've seen it on the court. I think is is the difference that we can like the distinction yeah. between Shea and Chet right now, and that we could transition to a team that won their division last year, and that is the Sacramento Study. Kings. Yes, Sacramento they Kings. they won forty eight. They had the uh, cleaning the glass differential, if you want to consider that, of a forty seven win team. So pretty close in line. They actually had so they had great health luck. We talked about talked about that though. I want to note that Sabonis did play through an injury, but he still did play. So it was that he had that. They also had. I haven't mentioned this with too many of their teams. We actually had uh, three of the unluckiest teams in opponent shooting luck already went through the Spurs, the Rockets, and the Blazers. Well, another one of the bottom five in opponent shooting luck was the Kings. So they were horrible on defense, but opponents made more threes than you would expect. So with Sacramento, what's interesting here? 
is I understand the skepticism and you see that skepticism in the line 40, 43 and a half if you want to go over 44 and a half if you want to go under. I also see the reasons for optimism. So I'm in, I I think this is a it I expected it to be a high line and to go under. This is lower than I expected. Um, so basically, Vegas is saying that they're gonna they do the the mean regression. Their one forty eight mean regression is forty four and a half, forty three and a half, which is what they did. The model has them going under all eight times, but the model's like. So you mentioned the health. The thing with Sacramento is their depth is almost non-existent, right? So once you scratch the surface, if any other guys miss time, you get into you start getting into some, like some not really great players, right? Um, I I like I mean I think that some of the stuff they added like maybe Duarte can help but they don't have a Sabonis replacement which is a challenge and he's been if you take the Aaron Fox with the backup point like Davion they would probably do kind of a patchwork quilt Herder and a few other guys doing it but yeah that is a it's it's a, it's a challenge the thing with this team, it, it's kind of – we'll talk about another team in the Pacific Division, which is kind of the opposite, where, like, they actually – like, the, the Lakers. The Lakers actually did have a lot. They did uh, – credit to that front office, built a lot of depth into a team that, like, is very fragile. Um, this team relies on everybody showing up to work, right? And and again, if, if, if you have nominal health like you did last year, I think they did really well. And all the teams around them kind of fell apart, and they exceeded – they outkicked their coverage. But – my take, and this is the model stick too, is boy, once you get past the top three on this team, right? So once you get Sabonis, Fox, and Barnes, it starts getting dicey even with Murray and Herder. So it's like you're, you're, you're kind of, you know, you, <laughs> you need that health. So there's a lot of fragility here. I think the division, and would I argue the division got, ah. Uh, I think the division's the division's good. I mean, if the division had decent health, I think that I, I, I get the forty four and a half. Is this team is this team nominally fourteen uh, no or if I'm going under, they'd have to be four te- four games worse than last year. Man, that's rough. The model really thinks that they are. I what do you think? I'm 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 really torn with this one. I I'm an over. I, I think that's uh, I think that the your the idea that health could hurt could could affect things is completely fair. I also believe that their offense is for real. I think that they're and bringing in Sasha Vazhenkov, I think, is going to help that too. It is fair that their offense needs needs Sabonis and and needs Fox too. And Fox had one of the best clutch seasons. I mean, he had the best clutch season in the league last year, but one of the, the better ones in recent vintage. You generally. So you're, you're- you're I'm over bet at forty three and a half. I don't know that I'm over bet. I'm talking myself into whether it's a play or a fade um, right yeah, now. But I'm an over for sure. I'm looking at this. Am I? A, huh. I, I think they're going to have a top five offense again. I, I think they're going to have a top five offense. And generally, teams that have a top five offense win win more than half their games. I think they're going to win like forty five games. Yeah, so I'm going to go over a fade. Yeah, I've had a lot of fade. I've had a lot of fades, but that's okay. I'll have more bets later. Uh, uh yeah I, i'm gonna go over fade and and i'm going against the model on this um but again i know it's exactly i mean like they're a team that can shoot the lights out i think uh the, the so the the way i'm gonna justify it to myself is like so uh Besenkov is essentially a rookie so he's getting a rookie projection but i do think he is better than that obviously he's a guy coming in from europe he's good i think that like that will also help their offense i would like this team to find some of the guys like 
like the Lakers do to like fill out the bench, right? Uh, although I do think that like some of those guys are going to be available once like things happen. So if like they they can do that, they should be fine. But I do think it's going to be it's because that number is at forty three that I'm over. Like that forty three and a half. Yeah, I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be forty six, and I was going to go under. Like if if that number was forty one and a half, I'd go over and take it. But like at forty three and a half, I'm like hey, you're going to be like that's the kind of number you take, and then you're going to be watching the last three or four games of the season because it might, you, you might be betting a game line against it late late in the season. It was like well, who are they playing? Playing the last three games, right? Mm-hmm. Probably playing like like they probably play in division, playing like Phoenix and whatnot, and then so you you may need to like place a game bet on that. So there there's ways around it. I think they'll be around that number. Um, I couldn't see them winning fifty games. It seems like I mean they won they won. F- 48 last year with the differential of a 47 win team and they were pretty healthy and a, a lot, lot of things lot went of, well so yeah i, I mean that to happen at the top of the west for that to happen right a lot of teams have to like kind of <laughs> like have things happen to them so i mean i i don't know i mean i, I think sacramento would you say sacramento is better than oklahoma city yes okay i, I kind of agree with that that's kind of like why i'm there with it okay so yeah let's let's kind of i think let's move on to we do we like their their odds to win the pacific Whoa. what are you seeing uh, it's seven fifty to win the Pacific for them. Um, uh, I have Sacramento at seven percent to win the division this year. So it's no, no, no. And I don't like their conference or title like that because I, they don't I, have that kind of team. We'll talk about it, but there's a couple teams in that division that I think are like, uh, like, yeah, they're they're, they're and, yeah. I don't, I know, not this year. Well, again, I think like revisit. I mean, I think that like mm, the way things are, if Sacramento's good enough to win their division, we'll know within the first month or two of the season and like what typically happens is that people don't start watching the nba until after christmas <laughs> so you can effectively get some value before that christmas game if you are looking which is kind of what we did last year second it looked like they were gonna maybe challenge for the division there was like some there were some really nice money lines for the division so a lot of people made money on that last year um because you were getting like 10 and 15 to 1 for Sacramento. So I think like wait a little bit and maybe that's something. But again, this is if Sacramento's playing well for the first, you know, through November, through Thanksgiving, then then there's probably going to be some value. So yeah, I don't like their lines now, but I'd say, hey, come back in Thanksgiving. And, and Vizhenkov, I, I, you and I both like him better than the average rookie, but he's not yeah. the type of guy to win rookie of the year. Mm. No, no, no. But he's... Again, what we're talking about is is Sacramento kind of needs like a depth play, so he might be a guy. He's a he's a guy, he's a guy who can be, you know, um, he can be a classic uh, Euro off the bench for Sacramento, that kind of thing. And I think that's kind of where we're at. Oh, okay. So now we come to the team that is the most public team for over under betting: the Los Angeles Lakers. Over the last ten years. The Lakers have got. I think I mentioned this before. They have gone under eight of ten years, and the two years where they went over, it's only by a win and a half. And you probably could have gotten a good enough number where you could have won the under on the Lakers. So typically, they get about five wins too many uh, from the uh, from the public. Uh, they won forty three games last year, and boy, there was a lot of. <laughs> shenanigans I, I would say those 43 wins uh i'm not gonna get into that but there are some some really interesting kind of foul trends for that team uh at the end of the season 
um, some historic file trends. Um, but I mean, I think the model's projecting them at uh, 43, basically right on par with what they did last year. Uh, I'll mention that the model is, well, at least one of the models is is very, very sunny day on how many games LeBron and AD are going to play. Uh, significantly more than they've actually played at, on their Lakers uniforms outside of the one pandemic year. Um, so it's really kind of a sunny day, and still that's still going under uh, eight out of the eight. All eight models that I did are running under on the Lakers. Uh, this is always to me the easiest under bet on the board. Numbers forty-eight and a half, and yeah, I'm I'm a hundred percent under on this number. Uh, to, to like put it in perspective, uh, uh, Pelton has uh, LeBron, I believe, playing 67 games uh, and uh, AD playing 60, and they've not come close to that in their time. And, and I think that's that's going to be common that people are going to like over project their minutes, and they really have not done anything close to that outside of the pandemic year. And, and then we're going on year four, and I think year five on LeBron. So yeah, I mean, I think that at this point the under is a pretty you know and again this is and and i want to give credit i think that the lakers organization has done a really good job at like putting pieces around lebron and ad with like a minimal budget and a minimal set of assets because of all the trades that they did but you know that still does not mean that i think that this team is gonna like go over 48 wins that's no there's also a parallel with a team that we'll talk about in the eastern conference where the lakers are a more dangerous playoff team than they are regular season team because of the way the roster is constructed and lebron and ad are each going to have to take some time off davis it's more some of it is discretionary some of it is just he falls down a lot and he gets hurt a lot um, and then with LeBron, I mean, he's he's the older guy. LeBron and I are almost exactly the same age. I, I fully understand all of this. And the so the well, I, I mean, like, the idea the that with, the good LeBron is he's basically playing like the, the like outside the so he played fifty five games his first year in L A. sixty seven his second year, which was pandemic year because he had that big break in the middle. Then forty five in that seventy one game season. Then fifty six and fifty five. So to me, it kind of looks like he is specifically load management to play less than fifty six games. So I don't know why we are projecting him for sixty seven games when it looks like he is managing to play less games than that, right? I get it, yeah. but like at this point where that's five years in, the only year where he's played more than 60 games is the pandemic year where he had like a long break, right? And yeah, I mean, so like all these like projections for the Lakers are typically, you know, 10 more games for LeBron and, you know, 20 more games for Anthony Davis than they realistically played since, you know, pre-pandemic. So, I mean, I don't know what we're doing here. Um, I mean, again, it's, it's it, it, this is, I want to be clear. I think that the Lakers are going to be, they're, they're going to make the playoffs probably unless you know ad gets hurt for a longer period of time or lebron misses like more time but i i mean again i think the the thing that i i don't want to underrate is the lakers front office has been very very good at filling out the roster with really good competent players right this is an underrated skill they've done it consistently now they found guys like austin reeves and other guys to fill out that roster who are competitive basketball players who can do things. So at this point, I fully expect that even without the stars, they'll field the team that is competitive, right? So throw in the stars, and yeah, they're they're going to win around you know 41, 42 games. They're going to be competitive, but like again, forty-eight and a half, which is the number that's being set up, is the number that they're not going to hit, right? That's, right. That's, so it's not going to happen. I, I, I'm an underplay as well, but I do believe in their playoff potential, even if I'm not necessarily saying, oh, they're definitely going to make the conference final this year well i mean i think even fully healthy i thought i think you saw the absolute upside of this current roster last season 
they're not good enough to beat them. Fully healthy Denver is gonna like take them off the court. Fully healthy Miami is gonna take fully. They're they're like the top top tier is better than the Lakers, right? In a series, I think they can go. They can win a series. They can probably make it to the second round. But I think at this point, they don't have it in them to will themselves to a victory over these teams that are like better than them. They need to swing and maybe find another player. Right. Uh, somehow. But they don't have that extra gear for that next level. So, again, I, I like them to make the playoffs. Uh, I like the I love the under. It's probably the, my favorite bet on the board so far. It's consistently historically the best bet. I don't like any of the MVP odds because their top two stars are not going to play that much. Um, you know, when I say that much, they're not going to hit 60 games. I, I think that like the, if I could bet LeBron and AD under 60 games, under combined, combined under 120 games regular season i would every season um and i think that you know division again they're not going to play enough games to win the division there's like there hell i i I would would you would you gun to your head do you take the kings or the lakers to win more games in the season i think the lakers i take the kings interesting that that's fair um because again, I think the Kings are gonna like they're gonna they're gonna go much harder during the season, and they're also gonna care more about winning the total. Whereas the Lakers just, are just gonna try to get the roster healthy for the playoffs, right? So I think that's kind of the take. And we just said, I mean, we 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 just went over fade on the Kings and the numbers of forty three and a half, and we went under on the forty eight and a half. Yeah, I guess so. maybe maybe I I think they're gonna be yeah may, well yeah maybe I'm conflating regular season playoffs. Yeah, it maybe it is Kings. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think the Kings are gonna win like forty five games. And I think the Lakers are going to win like 41, 42. So, yeah, maybe even less, right? So, um, it, so I mean, I think it's going to be interesting. Um, uh, but, yeah, I don't like any of the ancillary odds. I don't like them to win the West. Um, I think the odds for them to win the West are – let's see. So title odds for them are 13 to 1. Odds to win the West are 750 to 1. Or 750, plus 750. And yeah, I don't, I don't love either of those. I, ooh, plus 300, don't like the division odds. Don't like – Jesus, plus three hundred to win the division? Gee, no, no, no. That's that's no. I don't like any of these. Like pa- pass. Like you almost want to. Like it's almost there's you, you almost better off taking the the against on LeBron in these series too. And again, because of the pricing game to game, you take the the points on that. But uh, again, this is Lakers fans. I am not bearing your team. I'm just saying that the lines that we are getting here are not reasonable to what the expectation is for your team, particularly since I don't think that LeBron and AD are going to play that many games, right? With the regular yeah, and, season. And, like, and that's, it's just that the line is too high. It doesn't mean that the team is bad or they're going to fail or anything like that. I thought they did an extremely great job last year, and they got as much out of that roster they possibly could. Well, and you um, think about how long they how long they had a suboptimal roster. And I mean, once the, once the deadline hit and they actually made the deal, they looked a lot better. Yeah, they again they, they they got a bunch of competent players for like when those two guys are not there. And it's a you know, it's a decent like whereas you know how I complained about like the, the Sacramento not having any debt? No, the Lakers can kinda be okay even if you lose some of the top guys. I mean they're not gonna be gonna be a great team, but they're not you know, they're not gonna fade into the into the ether when that happens. You know. Like it's some decent pieces. And I, I, I at this point we've reached the point where you trust that the Lakers are gonna be able to find some guys to fill out the offense. I trust their front office at this point, right? They, I think they're going to be able to find guys either in the South Bay uh, G League team or they're going to find guys off the trade wire to add to that roster and kind of make it way better, tweak it to like so it works to what they're doing. So the kudos to them, right? Uh, but again, I think that the, 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 
the, the, the ceiling on the regular season for this team is very limited. I do think the ceiling for the playoffs at the moment is also limited because I do think there are teams that are clearly better than them talent-wise that they're just not going to – like they're not going to be able to beat a healthy Golden State or a healthy Denver team, right? I think that's just not going to be the case, right? We can move on to the Dallas Mavericks, who only won 38 games last year, but we know that there was some shenanigans afoot to to get that to happen. They also had the differential of a 42-win team, even with all of the aggressive tanking towards the very, very end of the season. And I was surprised that the Vegas line here is only, it's 44.5 if you want to go over, 45.5 if you want to go under, so 45 is the number that we can use. In either direction, I thought they were going to have a higher number, um, and that made it a better set line to me. Um, they won forty three, um, or sorry, they won. They won. They, they won, won thirty eight. They won thirty eight. Uh, models projected them for forty three. Vegas has them at forty four and a half for the over, and forty five and a half for the under. And model kind of thinks that they're going to go under. Um, there's also. I don't like – I mean, I think Luka is great, but I do not like the composition of this roster at all. Uh, I'm not a big fan of either Kyrie Irving or Jason Kidd. Uh, I think that this is a very kind of weird combination, um, which I expect to kind of underperform. So even if – like, I think the, the models underfade, I'm underplay uh, because I – I think that there is a time limit to how long this can work without going toxic, like just spoiling under the sun, right? I, I don't like the mix of personalities that we're seeing here, right? And, you know, it, there's always the weight of expectation on with Luca, right? And I don't think Dallas is doing a good job at giving him a roster that is complementary to his talents, right? Um, like, so if I have Luka Doncic on my team, I don't need a guy like Harry Irving. I maybe need a guy like Jalen Brown next to him, right? So, like, where I, where I mean by that is, like, I know there are complaints about Jalen, but I'm thinking, like, you want a guy who's, like, a more Harrison Barnes. It's a guy who is a more complementary type piece, like Thompson, who can defend, who can hit shot, who can hit open shots. Kyrie is not that guy, right? You really don't want a prima donna who wants the ball in his hand, right? And uh, as a Celtics fan who had Kyrie on my team, I'm like, I, that's not the guy I want to compliment my superstar necessarily, right? And this doesn't feel to me like a Dallas roster that's going to be competitive in a really tough West or like a roster that makes sense. I mean, th- I mean, Danny, does this roster make sense to you? No, I mean, it, it doesn't. And there are... I have more concerns. You usually hear some stuff about like other other flaws, and I mean the personalities. And I'm you know I'm not the biggest fan of Jason Kidd. I'm worried about their defense. I mean this is they had this theory about two you know this team made the conference finals a year and a half ago, but they had a very different theory defensively, and it appears now that they played over their heads in the second half of last year in the playoffs. They could switch more. They had better overall personnel. Kyrie is not good in a switching system. They lost Dorian Finney-Smith and Reggie Bullock, who were essential in that. Both those guys are gone now. They and they got they didn't bring in anybody who's great at cleaning and, up by messes. The way, Porzingis has actually looked better away from this Dallas. He has. He, he has too. And, Which and is, so oh, that's interesting. It's interesting as well. Here's the thing, though. I'm still going over, and I hate myself for doing it. I'm an overfaith to be abundantly over. clear. For one reason, and that's I think their offense is going to be nasty. I think that well, – so Luka, like the consistently, the wow. Mavericks have done well offensively when he's been on the floor. Wait, are you over play or over fade? Fade, fade. Oh, I'm, I'm more of a fade than over or under, but, I, but it's, it's over. 
over. Whoa, Dad! Whoa! <laughs> Look at the no. I mean, it's just this one they're, of those. They're going to have a top five offense. Like they might even have a top two offense. It's just at some at some point this team is going to self destruct, and I don't think they can actually. I don't. Cover it. I don't think it's this year. I think it's. I think it's a year away. I feel I feel like a monster for doing it, but I, I think that I think the last time a Kyrie team exceeded expectations. I mean, I, it's for me. This isn't a Kyrie team. This is a Luca team. Uh, I think that's. Uh, would you trade Kyrie for uh, Damian? Yes, of course. But if you're Dallas, if you're Dallas, you do that. But if you're Portland, no. If, you, if you're Portland, Portland of course you need, not. You, need, you need somebody to kind of no. Uh, like, but but that's part of what I like about this team is the idea that I mean. So as a point of reference, last year. When Luka Doncic was on the floor, they had a 120 offensive rating, and they even with a bad defense, they were you know they were not bottom quarter of the league, but pretty close. They um, they still outscored teams by three points per possessions. And even though there of course will be time that Luka and Kyrie both don't play, whether that's injuries, Kyrie getting suspended for some weird ass reason, whatever happens, they have Hardy, they have a few other things. So my prediction is that the wheels fall off the wagon at some point, but that point is not this regular season. I think it might be in the playoffs. Maybe they get swept or something, and it's like, oh, God. If Kyrie, if Kyrie and Luka aren't on the floor, is this the worst team in the league? No, no, no. I mean, there are, there are worse teams. We're, we'll talk about We'll talk about a few of them soon enough. But no, and I mean, there also aren't going to be that many minutes. Yeah, there are a lot of teams where if you took their two best players offensively, or two best overall. I don't, yeah, I mean, I don't, again, it's one of those things I'm looking at that number. It's like 45 and a half. I don't, I, I don't see this team winning 46 games i can't no i do i i winning like it is i i again i feel like a monster for doing because i don't see them as like a clear like 50 win team or anything like that i think they're gonna i think they're gonna win 47 46 47 i think that's what it's gonna be uh, and it's, and i'm gonna pick against them in the first round and i'm gonna pick against them but i think i think they're going see, over i i i'd be i'd be backwards i mean depending on like yeah depending on who they're playing like i you know it's luca like we're like when we get the playoffs luca that i mean wait. he's been a great playoff player Yes, he's been a good Republic. It's just one of these things where I'm looking at it and go like, yeah, I just it, there's just so when I look at, I think I've said this before. When I look at a team and I go like, look at a number, and I, go, I can ask myself if I, I just keep asking myself questions. Then I'm like, after like three or four questions, I'm like, okay, no, it's like I don't like I don't like the roster. Dip. I think Kyrie's a head case. I don't like Jason Kidd. I don't trust that like this isn't going to implode. So I'm and again. 45 and a half i'm like oof yeah no i that 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 number if i'm wrong i'm wrong but 45 and a half is just a way too high number for this roster the way it's constructed and i just that lends itself to some interesting stuff in terms of everything else because so mvp luca it's uh 600 is what you can get so that's that's six to one i keep seeing that number but he's it's got luca's not winning mvp unless his team wins like 55 50 it's gotta win more than 52 games because it's it's i think he runs into some of the hardened problems where everyone you know everyone already knows what he can do and so you have to really exceed exceed everything i agree with you i think it's gonna be hard for him to win he has if i if I think that, I think I think this team has a chance to win the West, and I don't think this team has a chance to be the one seed. I don't. I don't either. And that's. I mean, I already said I think they're going to win like forty-seven and drive me insane. Um, and then in terms of their like, so so my theory of it that they're going to win like forty-seven, they could win the division at that number. The the north like the Southwest is a weird division because you have the basically the teams above them are the Pel are in this mix are the Pelicans and the Grizzlies. But uh, I mean, so it's 
it's what it's one sixty. Is the that's what I'm seeing? Is one, the it's almost like it's almost yeah. There that, that's that's so right that's now, not strong I enough. Have, if it was, I it would have, have to be like two two hundred two fifty. I think for I have me to Dallas feel good. The division twenty five percent of the time. This is again running the same with like that sixty twenty five percent of the time and being the one seed five percent of the time. Which again because of the high uncertainty at the start of the season, and I'm way lower than the number. <laughs> you are. <laughs> I'm like I'm like ah uh, no I mean I just I just think that there's a time limit to how long you can kind of keep and I, and I think I don't necessarily think Luca is going to be a nice quiet boy too much longer on this team um we'll see I mean I think that like there's a lot of elements on this team that make me kind of go <laughs> so no I'm I'm I don't like any of their ancillary options. well and and I don't like their defense enough for like a conference champion or NBA finals or anything like that who's their best defensive player. <laughs> Do they have a, a plus defensive player on this team? I think Grant Williams is a plus defensive player. Uh, when he's healthy, Kleba, I don't oh, know Grant how much. Willi- Grant, Grant Williams is on these guys. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. Uh, uh, I mean. Grant, Grant's, Grant, Grant's a, Grant is a bit of a vibes guy. Mm-hmm. And on a team with bad vibes, I worry about him. Right. This is this is this is this is another thing. Yeah, I mean, I think on a team with good vibes, he's great. On a team like we've seen him just completely lose his head for like for like six months. You know what I mean? It's like he just completely like looks like a different player, and then and then like oh, he gets angry and then like plays really well. I, so I mean, as much as I like him, I think he's a guy who's better on a good team that's solid throughout. If that makes sense. Like if if Grant Williams was on Golden State, I'd be like, oh, oh damn it, why is he on Golden State? But on this team, I'm kind of like, eh, we'll see, right? Um, and I, I like Grant Williams, so it's just, I don't know, man. Yeah. And I like Seth Curry. I mean, I do like Seth Curry, but he's not a good defender. Yeah, it, it's such such a weird team. Uh, so, But I think... Dante Exum is on this team. He is? What? The Redemption <laughs> Tour, baby. What? It, what? Josh Green, yes, this is just a... Okay, the more I look at it, no, no, no. Okay, let's, I think we can move to the next one, right? We can. And the next team is the LA Clippers. The Clippers last year... Won 44 games, a distinctly weird season. They had the differential of a, sorry, they, yes, they won 44. They had the differential of a 40 win team, though, as it's seemingly always the case for the Clippers, worth mentioning. Paul George played in 56 games. Kawhi Leonard played in 52 games, but they also were, you know, reduced intensity, reduced minute loads, though each of them had some real strong moments last year. And I always thought this was going to be a weird line, you know, because you wonder with those guys, yes, they can play more than they did, but they're never going to play like the full complement, at least Kawhi. When I saw the line was 46 and a half, I'm like, oh, sweet, that's an easy under. Yeah, I mean, they won 44 games. They're projected for, to win 44 games by the model. Uh, and the model's going like six of them, like it's under bet. And yeah, I mean, you know, look at their depth. Like, like they're going Westbrook, Paul George, Subak, Norman Powell, and Kawhi Leonard. That's their like, and, and do we think Kawhi is going to play half the games this season? Oh, yeah, he'll play more than half, but I don't know that he'll play eh. like, he won't play 70. I think, and I also think Russell is probably overrated by these statistical models right now because I do think that, like, we've seen that Russell. I worry that the wheels are going to fall off completely with him. Well, there's, um, there's. I'll, I want to add in one more thing in Russ, which is he's better on the version of the team that was available to him last year than he will be if they're healthy. Like, it's a weird, it's a weird kind of because basketball is a collaborative sport. You generally think of it the other way. But I don't think of it that way with him. I feel better off with Russell Westbrook if they used him like Lionel Ginobili. Where, like, he should be playing. Like, Russell should always be playing with the second units, honestly. 
because it, particularly now where like he doesn't quite have the athletic fastball he used to like you you also because he needs the ball in his hands so you're better off having him big a killer on the second unit than you are kind of like you know being Russ and kind of like taking these bad shots he takes uh with like the, the top team but i don't know i mean even though i like the coach for this team um 46 and a half yeah it's, i gotta go under bet on this team. like okay so clippers lakers and kings wins or who's gonna win the most of these three order them i think the clippers are gonna win the least less than the lakers yes Ooh, i would go kings clippers lakers which is exactly what they did last year right um and i think that still holds i think that the clippers the clippers are man i mean it's a decent like, here's the thing we're like we were talking about dallas and like dallas are like oh bad defensive like i think the clippers have good defenders on this team they have good defenders on this team they have they're well coached right they have guys who are kind of like what's the line they have that dog in them you know like marcus marcus Moore senior covington bones island uh batoon Kenyon Martin. It's like, oh, that's, the bench is it's interesting for this team. So even when a bunch of other guys are hurt, the, the Clippers are going to be competitive. So I do think 44-45. So no, but I think I'm going to – I'm I'm just trying to decide if I'm underplay or underfade on this team. Um, you said you were underplay? Underplay. Underbet? Yeah. Um, I feel like a coward you bet and I don't. <laughs> you have the, the model bet and I don't. I'm like, eh, eh. Yeah, but I mean I'm, I'm betting against – I'm basically saying that like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are just not going to play a full complement games and i think that's why that's right under bet let's let's be logical about this it is an under bet play i mean as and and do we like we don't i don't i don't like the mvp odds for this team oh hell uh, no they're five to one to win the division uh i mean is there is there like the their fastball i mean so this is this is sad i, I like to look I gotta, up i got i have a 10 percent to win the division so yeah it's probably not a good idea it's like uh. do you want to just for fun do you want to guess what their cleaning the glass net rating was last year when paul george and Kyle leonard both bo- both were on the floor together uh 9.5 danny how much was it hello sorry i'm pulling it it was loading um plus 8.3 you were very close yeah, I mean they were they were really good with both those guys. Like Kawhi was like even in the playoffs, people forget like when he he beat what the games he played, the Clippers looked like one of the best teams in the league. And I think if Kawhi was healthy, I think they could have made a run for it. But we've been saying this for for like we've been saying this at all times since the Toronto series and before that, where like yeah, if he plays, but he just can't. St- at this point, he's kind of not able to stay on the court at a high level anymore. Sadly, you just I, I mean it's just kind of can't can't estimate project that it's it's going to happen any consistent thing and and i there could be a scenario where when we get down to it and they do make the like let's say they make the playoffs where i would pick them in a series i could maybe even see them making some noise but i wouldn't do it now because it's there's too much that needs to happen just even if you get a worse number the, the information you would glean in that time is more valuable um, Russ, I, I, I should should I look for Russell Westbrook come up player of the year odds? Uh, well, no, they don't. Um, it's most improved player now, and he's most probably improved. not going. He's probably not going to win that. Um, okay. Yeah, they don't do comeback player of the year anymore. Um, they Ooh. they re, they reshuffled things again. And conference Ooh. conference title division, yeah, division's a little bit too rich. Um, it's but, five to it's like yeah, it's five, it's five to one. It's like if you pay me more for that, I'd, I yeah. I'm not I don't like that. And then the conference when the conference is ten to one. I mean, uh, I think they're doing it from below seed. Like, that's that's hard. I feel like I can get better odds if I wait on that. 
<laughs> I feel like I feel like I can wait and get better odds, like either later in the season or when the playoffs start. So that's yeah, that's not a number I'd love. I love. I don't like that number. Um, I'm not crazy about it. The New yeah, Orleans so. Pel. Let's move on to the Pels. The New Orleans Pelicans. They're they're the team that I'm going to bring up some some stuff on here. Okay. Yeah. So the Pelicans won 42 games last year. They had the cleaning the glass differential of a 45 and a half win team. That number will be very specific and relevant very soon. Uh, and they were the luckiest team in terms of opponent three-point shooting last year. So you could see that they were ranked last year sixth in defense. You could see that potentially go down. There's another reason why that could go down as well. But the factor going the other way is that they were unhealthy last year. You had not only Zion Williamson only playing 29 games, Ingram only played 45 and these guys were out at the same time for a stretch. They had this brutal thing where all their bench guys were hurt at the same time. And they and so for me, you see that. So you kind of take that whole picture and then you see that the line is set at 43 and a half or if you want to go over 44 and a half, you want to go under. So I'm overplay. Yeah, I think they're better than now, this. I think the point out is, OK, so the model right now, right, has the Pelicans winning 45 games on average. It's got over uh, it's a little bit. It's, it's overfade. But here's the thing. Right. So it, it's close to the line. I only have I have Brandon Ingram playing about twenty two hundred minutes, and I have Zion Williamson playing about eight seventeen hundred. Um, so this is actually a fairly rough estimate for this team. I think I do think that there's there's significant upside on this team, um, and I agree. I am an overplay on this team too because it, for for what I said, I think that the Pelicans have they were they they were better than their record last year. They had some bad injury health, and it doesn't all rely on on Sion Williamson playing an excessive amount of minutes. If he does, like if Sion Williamson and Brandon Ingram play twenty four hundred minutes, they're gonna destroy this number, right? But even if Sion Williamson just plays eighteen hundred minutes, and Brandon Ingram's the one who kind of like brings it up, then yeah, I think they still kind of beat this number. I think that like the Pelicans are like, I mean, th- this is a team that I think is well coached and has like good talent. I mean, the, the trick is going to be is Sion Williamson going to finish the season in-, in New Orleans? Yes. If they were going to trade him, they would have already. Yeah, I-, I think that's kind of like, and and if that and he plays and stays healthy and like he can. Like, not date women who are going to go on Twitter rants, um, then <laughs> I'm not going to get into that story. But, like, um, yeah, I mean, I think that, like, with maturity and everything else, even, like, it doesn't, like, the upside on that team does not rely completely on Zion Williamson. And, like, if both the guys that would miss time actually play a long amount of time, then, yes, they're going to, like, win. They, could I see this team winning 51 games? Yes, I could totally see this team winning 51 games or more. Right, um, they're that good. like when healthy with CJ, Brandon Ingram, and Zion, and hell, the other guys that are actually on this team, they are that good. I, I like Balanchunas, right? Uh, I think uh, Herb Jones is a really good defender. Um, you know, uh, Jose Alvarado is a good defender. So this is a team that actually, like, when we talk about rosters that make sense, could use could I see this team making a deep playoff run? Yes, because again, they have a bunch of really good defensive players. They have some guys, some really one, two, three guys, and you know, it's a solid team throughout. Are there some question marks? Sure, I wouldn't necessarily bet on this team to win the title or win the West, but no, this is a good team, right? I expect them to be better. I definitely expect this team to be better than last season. Right? I, I, I expect them to be better than last season as well 
and and while there's I don't, a, and there's a lot of indicators that like yes, I mean they're they're on the upswing, right? And so while I I don't love everything about their like their starting five, they have a lot of different iterations, a lot of company. Like, I mean, I love what Alvarado can do, especially when Zion's on the floor because he can def- be a point of attack defender, but then also he you know his shooting has been good enough. Um, and, and we saw some regressions with guys like Herb Jones last year. But also, I love their depth. I think they have a lot of guys who could be a rotation. It sucks that Trey Murphy is going to miss the start of the year. But they can fill that gap, and then when he's available, then they'll be okay. And so, yeah, I'm I'm an overplay. And I am not, though, like really big on any sort of MVP odds for them because this is part of why I like the Pelicans is that it's a collaborative thing. Now, that said, Zion is six. He's six thousand. So that means you you bet a hundred, you get six thousand. So that yeah, he's sixty. He's sixty to one. He's sixty, 60 to, to one for the MVP. So um, it's. I think you could throw something small on it, but man, not no, something. Remember, remember my remember my uh, remember my the top uh, five. Yeah, the top five point. If you think that, then you're better off taking them to uh, be the one seed. Or to win their or to win their division. No, because the, the division odds are like are I mean it's like two fifty. The one seed odds are are um are twenty eight are twenty eight to one. Mm. So if I kinda think that if they're winning the Southwest, they might be they might need to win fifty five games. Right. So like I would think about them being the one seed as as maybe the better bet. Like do I take them to win their, their division at, tw- at 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 two and a half to one or do I take them to win the to bid be the one seed at twenty eight to one. See what I'm saying? Yeah, I just like, see what I, you're saying. Like if I'm gonna if I'm gonna if I'm gonna say that they're gonna be really good and they're gonna be better than the Grizzlies, then yeah, I mean like I could you know, because I do think that the other teams like the other teams that are in front of them are all teams that I could see kind of not winning. I think that the Southwest may be the most competitive race for division in the uh in the West, right? There's there's a, there's a chance it's gonna take fifty five, fifty six win games to win that division, right? Um Whereas it may not take that in the other ones because I think the other teams – like the Pacific, I think teams are going to be resting guys. And I think that like – you know, I think Denver is probably clearly better than Minnesota, right? So I do think that like – yeah, I think that there's a chance of there. So like I, I, if I'm picking an ancillary one, I'm going like 28 to 1 for them to win – to be the one seed. So I'm going to go 28 uh, – Arturo likes – 28 to 1. Like, so that is a better bet than, like, Zion to win the MVP or them to win the division because of the mud, right? To be the one seed. Does that make sense to you? It does. And I'm I'm not a huge fan. I mean, especially when we, you and I have talked about this a lot over the years of, like, teams don't generally make the jump they would need to to win the conference or the title. And it's not like they fundamentally changed the composition. No, they, yeah, I mean, even if they even if they got the one seed, I would expect them, I like, because they're a really young team and this would be really their first dance. So I'd expect them to, like, they'd be happy to make the conference finals right and the like the veteran teams will get a better call so like I, I wouldn't be picking them to like make the finals but i do think that like yeah if everything clicks right for this team they could win 55 56 games right and the other environmental factors that we talked about would make it so that it would be given scion's kind of off season i would be stunned if we won the mvp right um for reasons other than basketball Right. Um, but that doesn't mean I couldn't see him playing really well, being getting top five votes for MVP and then his team being the one seed. That, that, I could I could totally see that. Uh, I could see that as better than 28 to one odds. That makes sense. Right. Are we ready to move on? Yes, I think so. Let's, Unless you have anything else on the Pelicans. No, I don't think I do. Minnesota Timberwolves, 42 wins last year, had the differential of a 42 win team. And injuries are complicated for them because while Carl Anthony Towns missed a ton of time. He only played in 29 games last year. The rest of their good players were remarkably durable. 
Anthony Edwards, 79 games. Um, Jaden McDaniels, 79 games. Gobert even played 70, which is on the higher side for a mm-hmm. guy who's over seven feet. So in terms of all that stuff... Gobert, you, always, Gobert always plays a lot of games, though. He's he does. Not, he's, he's been, not, he's he's been a, durable. He's not a guy who misses time. And they added, they're going to have Conley for a full season. Yes, now, exactly. So that, and, and, and so... So I, I will say this. I, I, got, I was an over last year for them. I got burned. I, I think I'm an over for them again, but I want, I, I'm torn between fade and bet. Where are you on that? We've, I think we talked about this a lot last year. Historically, their organization is really bad. So this team is a team that historically goes under like the most, like 80% of the time they go under. Uh, but their organization has flipped over. They have new ownership uh, coming in. Um, it does seem like it's better. I'm a Conley guy. I like Conley, right? So I think that, like, so they won 42. The Lions set 43 and a half. And basically, with nominal health, do we think this team is two wins better than they were last year? And the answer for me is, yeah. I mean, you know, think about it. I mean, they, as I said, they'll have Conley for the full year. They'll have more Carl Anthony Towns. Anthony Edwards continues on an upward trend. I think Rudy will be fine. They've got Kyle Anderson, who I like coming off the bench. A bunch of the other guys who have, they have, like, they have, like like you know Jordan Laughlin like uh, you know Troy Brown Jr. isn't bad um, Nickel Alexander Walker Jake Milton these are good players this is a good roster um, uh, who's their coach now they still have Chris Finch Chris Finch so no I mean the coach is good the ownership's better I yeah over bet uh, even though historically it's not a team where I would you know historically I would run from Minnesota but I'm gonna go over bet again because I do again I like the talent on this team. I think that having a full season of Mike Conley as your point guard with Anthony Edwards is going to be good. I mean, I, I, I and again, it's it, the number is it's forty three and a half, right? It's not like it's a crazy number. It is. I'm just saying they're going to be a win and a half better than they were last year. And I think all the indicators are there to suggest that yes, they're going to be right. Like, particularly given how like Utah look with Conley at point guard to start the season, I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm generally positive um yeah i think i'll go play as well um over as as, as discussed before it, it's it's not that much like yeah it's it's, like, it's a low it's it's low I, I mean i could see them winning 44 45 and and doing it and their their defense like generally speaking like gobert teams have, def- have defended well and then they you know nas reed isn't the same type of guy but they have other guys and and they you know kyle anderson was important for them last year he'll slide into a more manageable role now and as you said, I, they're they're support players. Generally, I'm on board we're with adding, them. So we're we've, we're taking a team that won 42 games and adding half a season of Mike Conley and half a season of Carl Anthony Towns, or more, more like two, like 60 games of Carl Anthony Towns. Is that worth two wins? I mean, you also have to run it back in terms of injury and health luck for everyone else. But yeah, I think it is. I mean, on the upside, you're saying, you know, it's you're adding two guys who, I mean, Conley was an MVP type level player a few years back, and I think it's, he's still a good player, and, and, and Towns is a, an offensive force, and there's a lot of players on this team to kind of deal with the issues that Towns can have. So, yeah, I mean, I think this is a logically, and again, it's the Timberwolves, so it makes you nervous, but it's a logically an overbet. Um, I mean, the model has them at 48. Do I think they can win the Northwest? Ooh, ooh. Um, can yes, but I wouldn't expect them to have a better record than seven Denver. To, it's seven to one to win the North. Hmm, hmm. That's interesting. Because um, really, the only team they're competing with, in all likelihood, is, is Denver. Denver. So I've got them at thirty percent to win their division. That's worth considering. It's it's thirty percent, and they're seven to one. Um, man, hmm. 
That's a good number. So I'm going to say that the division number for them is really good. I'm going to say Minnesota's. I'm going to say the division number is good. And again, this is me. Forget. I'm going to forget what it says on the jerseys, right? I'm going to forget. I, I'm not paying attention to what it says on the jerseys. I am just looking at the talent on the team and looking at the talent on the team. Yeah, seven to one. Seven to one's uh, too high for that. I like that seven to one for the division. God help. <sighs> like betting on the Timberwolves is so nerve wracking. Uh, <sighs> are you in on the on that division number? Yes, I, I wouldn't go hard after it, but yes, I think it's reasonable. Because it's seven to one, we're like, ah, oh, wait, yeah, seven to one, um, seven to one to win division, and I, and I get why it, why it is that number, but it's basically saying, can like, could you, is it, it could you see Minnesota winning fifty three, and then Denver maybe winning fifty two, fifty one. And yeah, I think that, and that is, is it better than seven to one odds? Yeah. I mean, I think, and again, because I think Denver, you know, once you win the title, like being the two seed, I don't think Denver fears having to go on the road to beat somebody. I mean, particularly versus resting and keeping people healthy. So um, if it was lower, I wouldn't, but seven to one, eh, I'll think, I, I, I like it. I don't like them to win the conference. No, I don't like their conference odds or their title odds. Anthony Edwards for MVP, it's um, 40 to one. Generally, that's not a jump the players make. I, maybe he finishes top five this year, but I don't. I don't love him for that. And they don't have a rookie for rookie of the year. Yeah, I, which is. I mean, this, this is not a team rolling out rookies. This is a team rolling out guys who are like you know experienced and are going to improve. Now, now health could be an issue on this team, but I think there's enough depth where like and, and again they had some injury issues last year. So I think that like this is kind of why we're saying that like I think that like nominal health for this team is still is better is two wins better than they were last year, and good health is probably a lot more right. So I think that's why we that this is why we like the seven. This is why we like the seven one. I think, but yeah, we I don't like them enough to kind of go deep in the playoffs. So no, I'm, I don't like the other odds. Oh, guns blazing! We're coming into like Min, the Memphis Grizzlies. Sorry about that. Oh boy. Um, Oh boy. Um, so the Grizzlies last year, they won 51 games. They had the differential of a 53-win season. They, of course, unfortunately played a portion of that without John Morant due to his short suspension, which will be a different suspension, will be longer. It's 25 games at the start of the year. And I'm sure this is factoring into the number from Las Vegas, which is 45 and a half if you want to go over, 46 and a half if you want to go under. And I want to go over. Oh, this is this is maybe the easiest over on the board. We've seen what Memphis looks like without John Morant, and it's good, right? So they, yeah, and and we, it's true that they don't have well. they don't have Ty Jones anymore. They do have Marcus Smart, who is a good player. They have Desmond Bain. They have Jared Jackson Jr. And I mean, last year's Grizzlies team is fascinating. They they were you know I said I mentioned that fifty three win differential. Morant missed twenty games. Jaron Jackson missed roughly twenty games. Desmond Bain missed roughly twenty games. And and you know maybe those some of those. I mean John Morant's obviously going to miss more time this year because he's suspended for more time than that. Even just with the current stuff. But the reason why I'm an overplay on this is first of all the overall team quality. Second of all, they are a very well coached team. And I think that in part because of the Morant suspension, there will be fewer. I use the shorthand of entitlement minutes for other guys. If Zaire Williams, if David Roddy, if Jake Laravia, if they aren't good enough, they aren't going to play because they have enough other other guys on the roster. I really like. I'll, I think Aldama can help them. I think that you know, obviously Marcus Smart is going to be a big tone setter for them. So, and, and I mean, remember also Stephen Adams missed half the year last year, and he was his playoff absence was extremely important. And it looks like he's going to be healthy to start it. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing where like. 
you and I both know that this team missed more players than they're probably going to miss this year, and they won 51 games. And that line, ooh, 40, like 45 and a half, yeah, I'm like, I'm slamming that over so hard. Like, the model's at 49 for them, and I probably think, I mean, I, I probably, I could totally see this team winning 52 games, like, based on, like, easy enough. It does lead to some interesting possibilities because, again, as we said, kind of some of the divisions eh, become a little more interesting when we uh, kind of figure out what's going on on that. But, yeah, no, I think Memphis is – we've seen what Memphis looks like without job. They're still very good. They'll let the air out of the ball. They play really good defense. They've got a strong roster. they got a bunch of guys with depth on that. And this is a team that's been there at this point. Regardless of whether I agree with suspension or not, uh, I mean, I think that they're going to, you know, they'll, they'll do well. And um, I don't like their division odds, though, like 160. I don't see that anybody on the team is obviously because of the people are going to be this time. So um, I, I don't see anybody who's going to compete for like the MVP. Um, and what, and about, what about win the West for this team? Uh, conference odds or or number one seat? Uh, same number. It's like 12, 12 to one to win the conference, thirteen to one to be the one seat. It, it seems wild when you consider that Morant's being suspended for twenty five games. I think I like the one seat odds better than the conference odds, just because teams I, teams generally, you know, the, yeah. the steps the steps in in the progression, and so. I think I like yeah, number one seed over conference. We've seen we've seen Memphis play like the number one team in the West without Chow before. We've seen this. So yeah, could I see them winning 52, 53 games and like being the one seed? Yes. Yes. And again, this might be one of those bets. So like so we we like the thirteen to one for them to be the one seed. Um where you might need to like you may be holding thirteen to one with like five games in the season, need to look at individual games. And to explain, like you've got the thirteen to one, there might be a game where like, you know, Denver's playing Memphis and whoever wins that game is going to be the one seed. Then you put some money on that game on the other side to make sure that you don't lose money. It's called hedging, right? So this is why I say, like, some of these games, you got to watch the schedule and see where, like, the high leverage games. But 13-1 to 1 is good, good, is a good number. For, by I think, by the way, do you know who Memphis ends the season against? Denver. Denver. I, again, I'm not, like, I, I, again, I didn't, like, glance at the schedule, but I know the schedule makers like to put these kind of games at the end of the high leverage conference games at the end of the season. Like, either division or, like, teams are, like, strong, and I'm assuming that's going to be a TV game. Like, I, I don't even have to look at the TV schedule to know that's probably going to be, that's probably going to be a TNT late night game, I'm assuming. Well, it's the, the last day of the year they're doing this weird staggered thing, so it'll probably be TV, but it won't be a night game. To the one seed. But, yeah, I mean, I think that the 13-1 the, the to, one to, to for the one seed is really really good and it's a number that you'll be able to like hedge like you'll be able to like at worst you'll be able to like get yourself like to two to one or three to one on that right um and if curious i can explain it on twitter but like but but what i mean is like some of these numbers are like you're buying and you're looking for a spot where you can kind of do that and as we just explained um anything else on memphis i mean I, I don't think there's I don't think there's an MVP here. Um, I'm pretty sure that Jaws not going to win what it. Because we talked about, yeah. yeah. And um, could could Jaron win Defensive Player of the Year? Sure, but I don't expect him to. Generally, when a player wins it in a little bit of a surprise and may not have deserved it, then they don't win it. Oh, the next you know, year. You, you, you know what we didn't talk about the new addition to to Memphis, Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart. Yeah. Like as a Celtics fan, uh, yeah, that's another reason. Like I, I, I love Marcus Smart. I think Marcus Smart is a guy who, who, who brings a oh, ton of intangibles to the table. I don't know if you have odds for it, but Taylor Jenkins winning Coach of the Year, I, I, I think that could be 
worthwhile. Oh, that's uh, – I was looking at that. Somebody was talking about – yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one because, like, the expectations on this team are too low. He's at 45, and and I think this team is going to be significantly better than that. So, yeah, I mean, I tell you, Jenkins, coach of the year is good. And, again, I forgot about I forgot about Marcus Smart, and that, 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 that even makes a bunch of these bets even stronger. I think that Marcus Smart will have something to prove. And, like, John not being there means that, like, the guy who's going to step up is going to be Marcus Smart with a chip on his shoulder. And my experience with that is that's good. Right? Yeah, so for uh, coach of the year. Let's go to the Phoenix Suns. They won 45 games last year. They had the differential of a 44-win team. But, of course, they significantly changed their roster midway through. So I don't, I don't put too much stock into those numbers. Instead, the more pertinent ones for this exercise, 51.5, whether you want to go over or you want to go under. This team is really interesting um, for a couple reasons. They added Beal. They added Kevin Durant. Uh, or, like, obviously they added Kevin Durant at, like, the end of the season. But they're going to have, like, at least more. <laughs> more than Durant. six games. Yeah. More than six games of Kevin Durant. Uh, and they got some interesting pieces around it. Um, how many games do you think Kevin Durant's going to play for them this year in the regular season? If you had to guess. <sighs> I mean, probably, like, uh, 58 is what I'm going to guess. Yeah, so like uh, I'm looking at his. He's played. Uh, he played 47 uh, last year. He played 55, 35, and 78. So he really hasn't. It's the same LeBron problem. He hasn't gone that far over. So I think some of the projections are a little kind to the number of games he's going to play. I think he's going to play less games than is being projected. Uh, which is something to keep in mind for Phoenix. Um, it is, but one of the things that I really like about the Suns is that they have they have a really high offensive floor because of the combination of Booker, KD, and Bradley Beal, where if one of those three guys is out, I think they'll still have enough scoring. Will their defense be there? Open question. We'll talk about that in a minute. But well, I mean, the, the other part, the other part is how happy is DeAndre Ayton going to be, and how much is he going to play? I mean, he's going to he's going to play because they don't have many options. I mean, they lost Jack, they lost Jack Landale. They're, I mean, and the the hope for them, I'm sure that part of the part of the inspiration behind hiring Frank Vogel is that he's done a good job with traditional fives. Yeah, and. Vogel's- Vogel's been a good, a good, uh, under, underrated good coach, yes. And, you know, they have some functional depth. I, I actually really like what they did on the minimum market. Now, we have to acknowledge that the minimum market is not the same as, like, getting getting guys who are really going to help you, but Eric Gordon, Yuta Watanabe, Katie Bates-Diop, Drew Eubanks could could be good. I, I like Landale better, but Landale made a lot more money with the Rockets. So the model has them at 494 the market is set at 51.5 for over and 51 for under, and the models are under fade. I am actually under bet because, mm. because I think that the projections for the Suns are too kind in terms of the minutes. that I don't think Kevin Durant's going to play anywhere close to the minutes people are projecting him for. And I think once you take him out and you add in some of the complications, I think that this team is going to be more like a 47, 40. I think... I think this team is going to have a hard time getting to 52, right? I think 52 is a little bit um, – it's aspirational for this team. So I'm going to go under. I'm going to go play because, again, I looking – I'm a big believer. There's a point where these guys just cannot stay on the court anymore, right? And I think that, like, oh, no, they're going to get healthy. It's like, look, it's been four or five seasons. He's not the same guy. He's not playing as much. So I have to assume he's going to miss time. And if you throw that into the equation, then that means that, like – 
the projection is too kind, and it should be an overplay, right? An underplay, sorry. Underplay, underplay. I'm an underfade. I, I think that their talent is good enough, but I think they're more likely to finish in the high 40s than the low 50s. I, I think that, like, Chris Paul is an underrated presence more than the coaching staff. Paul actually does bring some stability and some consistency across the board and all the teams that he plays, right? It's on there. Oh, all these teams all of a sudden like, oh, look how much more professional they look. Paul is a good on the floor general on both sides of the ball. And this gets underrated. And I think it, it we saw that in OKC and we saw it with Phoenix. And I think it'll be a factor with Golden State. I think that that Golden State team is going to be really smart. Um, and again, this is not like, you know, I, I understand his, his physical skills are diminished, but like his mental skills aren't. I think he's a guy who's very good. And I think that's going to be missed for this team. Right. And and I, you know, I like Eric Gordon being brought in, too, but it's not the same. And I think that like Kevin Durant, like Kawhi, is a guy that when he's 100 percent healthy and playing is a dominant player. But he's not he's not a guy that can stay on the court that much anymore. Right? And they're not going to want him to stay on the court. So I think that's going to make a difference. Right? And is Booker going to be able to kind of like run the team without Chris Paul there? Well, that's an interesting question. I don't know necessarily that's the case. I mean, it doesn't mean that I think Devin Booker's bad. I just think that there's going to be a slight drop off in the consistency of play across the board, if that makes sense. It makes sense. I and again, I'm under as well, but I'm I'm an underfade. I think I can see the more optimistic take here. I'm just not. I'm just not totally sure that it's going to happen. I, I there's there isn't anyone I like for MVP odds currently. Booker is eighteen to one. That's too strong for him. I, I like. Def- I, I don't think they're going to win enough games. Yeah, and and Durant at sixteen to one. He could. I mean, there, I can't remember which of the recent years that was. I had him number one in MVP right before he got hurt. And then, I also underrated. I kind of expect their, uh, Bradley Beal not to be as good with this team as he was. I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be better defensively than he's ever been, and offensively, it's going to be very intermittent because um, they're not going to need him in the same way. I think it's going to take a long time for him to find the flow. Yeah, it's it's a diminishing returns uh, with playing with this kind of like a, a top strength. He's. He, it's a bit of a diminishing return. Now, again, I think that there's going to be a lot of play. Like, again, they should kind of use him a little bit more with second units to make sure that either him, or, either him or Booker should be on the court at all times, right? So basically kind of figure out a way to kind of stagger them and play around them and build that way. And if you do that, then yeah. But, like, for some reason, basketball teams, are like, outside of, like, and San Antonio did it all the time. But, like, outside of that, like, a lot of teams don't do that. And they really should. Like, keep one of your star guards, particularly when you have multiple star guards who like the ball and shooting, like, keep them on the floor at all times. And basically stagger the rotations, but like for some reason teams don't do that all the time. Some teams do, but it's not like as common as it should be. You know what I mean? I agree with you wholeheartedly, and there have been numerous examples, including even though they weren't both guards, Kevin Durant's former team, the Oklahoma City Thunder, did insufficient staggering for my taste. There are other odds um, mm. for the conference. It's like three point three to one for the conference, and then. No. And then two point nine for uh, the one seed. I don't like. I like the conference odds better than the one seed, just because they they could be a playoff team. And then six point five to one to win the title. I don't love that either. So I would say of all of those. I probably like the conference odds the best, but I don't like any of them. Yeah, I'm not willing to bet. Like, here's the thing: three point three to one. Uh, I can get better odds betting like the Suns to win every series, probably. 
Yeah, that's I'm true. Pretty, I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be able to get like uh, two to one on every series. Like you know, like a plus one fifty, at least in two of the series, maybe plus two fifty on the final. So like you know, I'll get a I'll get a much better number betting every series on the Suns. If I wanted that, and I probably will not want that unless something changes, right? I think I'm probably going to be betting against the Suns because I again. I don't believe in the construction of this roster, right? And I think that there's a lot of fragility, and it depends on a lot of things. Yeah, maybe if Durant is healthy and available, but I don't know that he's necessarily going to be that, and I think the teams in front of him are going to be better. Let's jump to the reigning defending NBA champions, the Denver Nuggets. They won 53 games in the regular season last year. They had the differential of a 50-win team, and that distinction does matter. There are some pieces of context there. Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. started the season recovering from serious injuries. And also the Nuggets had like this apocalyptically bad bench at the beginning of last year. Not that it looked significantly better right now, but the idea of like even you call it a dead cat bounce or whatever you want. Their over under is set right around their win total for last year, not their differential. And that's 53 and a half if you want to go over 54 and a half if you want to go under. Yeah, I think one of the important things for the Nuggets is the home court advantage. So yes. They play at altitude, and historically, this is a team that overperforms their numbers in part because of that, right? So historically, they play better uh, than their projections because they're playing these games at altitude, which people struggle with. And they actually like play a little worse in the playoffs than they play during the season because that home field advantage is not as pronounced. Now, and again, this is a really good team, but there's a couple things. The model itself is projecting them to win 50 games, right? Uh, and I, and I know why. I mean, like some of that is like I think it's it's sloughing off in terms of like how many minutes they play, and there's a tendency to slow down after you win the title and kind of like rest guys to be on the playoffs. Uh, Jokic is the best player in the league, but I do think there's some like slough in terms of how many you're going to play. Um, whereas the model is an under bet, I am an over fade on this team for the reasons I listed. I actually think they're going to win like 52, 53, 54. I think this line is very, I think this line is very well set. I think they're going to win about as many games as the one last season, partly, as I said, because of the, this like these old, the old Utah teams and the, like when they're good, it's like, they're just going to win a bunch of games because people are going to show up and Denver's so good that they're going to die in, in that, like they're going to die at that, in, in that stadium, right? They're going to show up there <laughs> and it's going to be rough for them. So there's always that with them. Um, I don't. I wouldn't bet on it because I think the line is well set, fifty three, fifty four. Um, and I mean, you could talk me into under. You could talk me into over with the team. But if I had to pick, uh, it, I'm literally picking between fifty three and fifty four. Um, they had some rough injury luck last season, right? So it, it, it was a little different, but yeah, I mean, because they had a lot of guys who were like recovering from injuries, and Jokic missed more time than usual, but he still played 69 games which is you know for for a normal human being is a lot in the modern era like if you gave me this number of 52 and a half i wouldn't be struggling with it but i'm like 53 and a half um yeah i'm de- i'm definitely a fade and i think that um i think we're both i think we're gonna we're both gonna be a fade i i know why the model's doing that and i'm like i disagree with you because of the altitude again i think they're like this number team is so good when when when, when Denver or utah are this good it's really easy for a team to go into Denver or Utah and just like give up after like 
the second like they'll, they'll they'll get down 25 well and there there are also a number of teams that just don't have the personnel like that that when you get yeah, Jokic on the floor it's like and good you, luck you'll get, you, you'll get you'll get basically like reamed off the court because between the altitude and like you're tired and it's like so yeah so like there's just games that people will just like bail on so given that man 54 um, it's it's a high number but when you put it in the overall context usually when i was i was looking at it a little bit you know, somewhere between two and two and five teams win fifty four games in a year. It, it depends on the season. Like for example, I went back seventeen eighteen. Four teams won fifty four or more. Eighteen nineteen. Five uh, four teams won fifty four or more. And like, I think the Nuggets are one of the better regular season teams. So I'm going to go over fate. I'm going to go over fate too. But you, uh, yeah, I'm going to go over fate. I think they're going to win like fifty four games. It's a really good line. Like it. Like please, somebody please. It could. It me could. It could. Gonna, Denver's gonna win fifty four games this season. It could double. It, it could double. Like kind of double cash, which would be hilarious. It, it's gonna. Like it's, we're gonna be betting both sides of that Denver like uh, Memphis game, aren't we? <laughs> and um, and this might <laughs> this might sound wild. I really love Jokic at four point five to one for MVP. Oh yeah, no, yeah, no, okay, yeah, God, that's insulting. Yeah, yeah, that's. Yeah, uh, four point five to one. I think because like, and here's why I love it because like there was so much hate on the oh he can't win and oh he's not a player and he basically just destroyed everything. Like basically he victory lapped everything that like and he, do- he dog walked every single criticism that they had. He he so has I one. Think of- that the voters the are going to feel like they owe him Arturo. He has one other big thing. He deserved to win last year. He deserved to win. He, like, he didn't. Like, he didn't win last year, and he didn't win last year. He should have. And then he was gonna, the best player in the playoffs, and he's been he's been the best player in the regular season three years well, in a row. There's a running joke that like play, the actors don't win the Oscar for best actor for the role they should. They win it for the role after where they're like, oh, we made a mistake. So yeah, this is that. I mean, I, I think that like voters are gonna go like, yeah, sorry, we screwed up last year. <laughs> yeah. I agree, <laughs> and and again, if he if he's anywhere close to what he was last year after what he did in the playoffs, yeah, no, four to five. If, if, if this was, I'll put it this way: if this was four to five, four if, to five to one is. Free if money. this was fifty fifty, so that would be um, that would be even yeah, money, like, right? Plus, if it was, it was even money. I would consider like, it. Yeah, but like plus four fifty, yes, please, yes, please, please, please. We both love the the we both love the MVP odds. Yeah, the I I, I totally agree. <laughs> you love, um, uh, and then okay. I mean their division odds are basic. They're they're actually kind of farcical. They're they're too aggressive a division favorite. Um, and then conference. Give me, g- give me, give me Denver to win the title at at, at, uh, at four eighty. I'm good with four point eight to one. Yeah, four point eight to one. I love that number. That's I, I don't love it, but I like it. Yeah, because like if I, here's the thing, it's it's the same thing. I think I said I said the same thing last year in the pod where it's like, oh, it's like you're giving me Denver at twenty uh, at two point four to one to win the conference and four point eight to win the title. Where I'm like, look, if they win, they're better than two to one. Like, just just give me the full four because it, okay, yeah, so I'd, I'd rather I'd rather bet them to win the title than to win the conference. Same because I'm holding the four eight, and if I if I want to go the other way, I'll get a number on the on the finals, and then like if we go in the finals, they'll probably make the finals with home court and playing there and we saw what that looks like so no just give me Denver uh just give me Denver and like we uh, we both like we we both love the four uh both love the joking 450 and I think we both like the uh the 240 we both like 
Denver at 480. Because again, from what we saw with this personnel, I could totally see this team just like doing another victory lap and win, right? Again, health is going to play into that. But if you're telling me that like I'm getting this team at 480 to win the like what what what, what does my simulation have them at right now? Um, I've got Denver at 80 percent to win the title. Wow. But again, to keep in mind, keep in mind, like the simulation. What I, I I haven't mentioned the playoff simulation because the playoff simulation at this point assumes rotations, which. I, it is risky, right? So it's assuming rotation, which I don't know are going to be in place. But what it's saying, right? What my numbers are saying right now is that Denver should be considered a should be considered a favorite. You and I said like if they should. If you said Denver was even money to win the title right now, I'd say it's it's reason, right? Because given how they won and given the talent level that they have, we're saying historically could a team like that repeat? Yes, right? Then maybe. Maybe plus 250, right? So a team like this repeating is probably plus 250, right? Historically, right? Um, so yeah, if you're getting plus 450, I'll plus 480 on that. That's a really good That's a really good number. Um, any other bets we like for this? I don't know that there are any other bets left, but I probably like it. Their division odds are just, they're too strong. Like, that's just... No, it's... no, we, we talked about it. We, we, we talked about, like, I think the Minnesota number is, is better than that. Like, it is. Yeah, this number is, 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 is not... Uh, and they're uh, and they're going to play rookies, but not rookie of the year rookies. It's support guys. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So let's go to the last team in the West. Um, okay. Last, b- b- because we're doing this in order of your model predictions. That is the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors <laughs> yes. won forty four games last year. They had the differential of a forty seven win team. And in terms of health, the Warriors are a little bit of a complicated team to discuss because they had some significant absences, but they also had like I mean the Warriors have more key players than most teams do. Steph Curry played 56, which is a little bit less than you'd expect. Klay Thompson played 69, but he was still coming back from the injury. Draymond played 73, but then Andrew Wiggins only played 37, and I think that's an important part of this story. Um, they, you know, they lost Jordan Poole. They um, are getting a healthier Klay Thompson. They're getting Chris Paul. Dario Saric comes in. Over-under set, basically it's 49 if you want to go over or under, and I like the over. Uh, the over is 48.5 for this team, and then like 49.5. So are we think like the line is, is this team five wins better than they were last season? The model's projecting at 51.5. Again, obviously that's assuming some significant health, but I think that's reasonable. I think that like I reasonably expect this team to be better than it was last season and I, and I think better than like like 49 is is good so i'm gonna go over bet on this team if the number was set higher then it'd be a tougher question for me but i think at 48 and a half i'm surprised it's this low i thought it would be like 50 or 51 and that makes it easier because like i could see the warriors winning you know like 50 or 51 and that being you know like if it's for example like if if their number was where the nuggets number was not that they deserve it to be there but I would be, you know, like I'd be probably leaning the under. But like, there's a, there's a lot of there's room to run here, and like, I don't think the Warriors are going to win 55, but they could. Like the the the, the five wins over kind of question. Actually, five wins over would actually be 54, and so yeah, they could absolutely win 54 games. We're going to talk about what the best bet for this team is in a little bit, but like. Uh See that the 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 thing is, I think Phoenix and Golden State are backwards, 
in the sense that, like, I think that the number for Phoenix would be more difficult the number I would take, put for the Warriors. And, in fact, like, the number I like for the Warriors, other than the over, is I like the division odds a lot. Plus three, three to I one. Is, three to one. That's a, that's a great number. Love that number. Uh, I don't like the MVP number for them because I think there's, like, there's enough, like, leeway on this team and love death. We're gonna pick oh, 14 to one for Steph? I'd put some money on that. So not a ton, one. not a ton. I think okay. So I like I like the I th- I don't I think they're I think the Warriors are gonna they're not gonna want to play Steph enough for him to win the MVP. They did that a couple years ago, and I, I don't think they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna want to do that. God, if this, so is, if this like, is a redux of what year was that? Was that eighteen nineteen? Where was Steph and Jokic? Uh, no, I'm I'm thinking the year where like they had like uh, like two years ago where like they had no team and basically like Steph played out of his mind and almost. Oh like, yeah, yeah, twenty 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 one, yeah. And they ended up losing in the play in, but like that was because like I mean they just ran out of players. Yeah. Um, I like them at plus three hundred to win the division. Uh, do I like their title odds at fourteen to one? Hmm. I do. So yeah, I see it. For, uh, like huh, like yeah. don't like don't love, but like. I would say I would say I love the division at three to one. I love their division odds, their divisions. And it's funny because I've talked about how I think the Suns, in certain ways, have a higher floor than some think. But the Warriors are just they have they have the defensive theory, and that's what the Suns don't have. Like the title odds, and again, again, title versus conference at six fifty. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, no. Again, give me the extra. If they're if they're good, if they're good enough to win, if they're good enough to win the West, then they'll if they're they'll, good enough to they'll be they'll be better than fifty fifty to win the title. I like the title odds at 14, 14 to one. I mean, again, it depends on who's who's sitting on the opposite side, but I can compensate for that. That's the thing with like these title odds. If I'm getting if I'm getting margin more than two to one on a title over the conference i'd rather take the title and then figure out what i'm going to play out i can i can take a position during the series right um so yeah typically i'm like yeah it's like if they're good enough to win the west then yeah i agree with you i wonder that um are you over bet or over fade on them over bet oh, okay so we're both over bet on them you said you like the mvp odds for uh, uh just a small bet though i wouldn't go crazy on it likes uh danny likes Steph. Like the Jokic is a I would throw way more on Jokic than I would on Curry. But Yeah, know. no, I think I think the Jokic I think Jokic victory lap is, is underrated. Do we have anything else on the Warriors? They're not gonna have a rookie. Um I mean I don't I don't think so. I mean Kerr could win coach of the year. I don't think I think this team would have to win like sixty for that to happen. Agree. So to recap for the West, we are you are at seven overs and seven unders. I am at six unders and eight overs. Uh, and obviously we're missing one because Portland doesn't count. And I have seven bets for you and seven and seven fades, and I have ten bets for me and four fades, which is obviously holds to our historical pattern. It does. Um, um, and yeah, I, I, that's 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 solid. Thanks again to Arturo Gulletti for taking the time to come on. You can follow him on Twitter at American Numbers. And I absolutely love having him on with this. This is a wonderful tradition, one that we seek out each year. He does amazing research. And if you have any questions or kind of comments on it, it's actually better to reach out to Arturo at American Numbers than me because he is not only more knowledgeable on the models and everything else that are used, but he's also better at replying to people on, on social media than I am. I will openly acknowledge that. If you want to support this podcast, there are a lot of different ways you can do it. You can subscribe, download every episode, 
Real GM Radio does not come out on a specific day of the week. And in fact, subscribing is very good now because there will be two episodes this week. I plan on putting out the East over-unders as well. It's more time-sensitive this year. I have gotten the green light from all the parties involved to put them out faster to do two episodes in one week. And as a way of, in what part, making up for the hiatus that we had earlier in the offseason, two episodes this week in all likelihood. Considering the other one is recorded, it should be pretty doable there. So subscribing and whatever podcast player you use is great there. You can also help other people find the show, rating and review in that podcast player, social media, word of mouth, all of that is much appreciated for this episode or the show in general. Most important thing you can do for Real GM Radio and any other podcast that has them is to check out our sponsors. For this fair podcast, that is FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash Boston. New customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Of course, talked about that earlier in the show. You can also check out my other work. Written work is at The Athletic. Have a couple things in, in the planning processes. I don't know when anything is going to be coming out. And then, of course, Dunked On and Dunked On Prime. We're going to be going back to five days a week pretty soon. Nate has been doing excellent work with the team-specific series. And then Nate, Dan Feldman, and I did the mock rookie extensions a few days ago. And that is all out. I believe that's all public, too. So you should be able to get that. And if you have any feedback, good, bad, or indifferent, NBA at gmail.com is the way to get it to me. If you take the time to write it, I will take the time to read it. That is an absolute promise. I'm not the greatest at replying. have a lot of things going on. Not that I'm complaining. I love what I do. But I acknowledge that. That's why I call it more feedback than opening a dialogue or something like that. But I do appreciate it can be guests. It can be topics or follow-ups or all that type of stuff. It, it, it really does make the show better. I really do appreciate it. And thank you to those who do it. That is all for now. But of course, as I mentioned, there will be another episode this week. Thank you so much for listening. Take care and make it a great day. Mm-hmm.